Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich. Uh, I'm going to um, go for a few minutes, and then I'm going to hand it off to Rich or whatever else, because I, I just, uh, I, I've just about had it with this um, year. In particular, this week was a, another very depressing week in the in the world, and in particular as a wrestling fan, listening to some of these uh, um, things that we've we've learned. Uh, just to just to just to catch everybody up. Um, there have been lots and lots and lots of uh, people that have came forward that have been had ties to this to the professional wrestling industry uh, out of the western side of the world. Um, a lot and lot and lot of them inside of uh, the UK and European wrestling scene um, that have come forward and have told us about their um, abuse um, and just complete gross sexual misconduct from lots of people in and around this industry, uh, ranging from um, all all types of levels of this industry, just from from small small indies to promoters to promoters basically working in lockstep to protect people to uh, you know top draws in the indie scene blackballing people to effectively blackballing people to people in WWE people in AEW um, this uh, is something that I th- thought was going to happen in 2018 when, um, when we were also going through um, what people call the Me Too movement uh, where, where people were coming forward and talk and you know standing up to their abusers or naming them or just, you know, getting whatever need to get off their chest to move on with their lives. And, um, but you know, it, it happened this week in, in this industry and there are ripple effects that are, that go all across, um, the industry right now. And it ranges from Will Ospreay to Matt Riddle to Joey Ryan to Jim Cornette and his wife to, um, Travis Banks from, from, um, NXT UK. Um, I don't even know. There's so many names. Legero, I don't know where it starts. Legero. Um, he yeah. was a. He had a whole bunch of. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Velveteen Dream. Jack Gallagher. Velveteen Dream, who we've been talking about, uh, which you know more accounts on Velveteen Dream. Um, I got to tell you guys, this has been a very troubling, trying year, and I got to tell you quite frankly, I'm sick and tired of having to uh, start these shows off at the top with something uh, something terrible happening. We haven't discussed it, but that is life, and um, life ain't always uh, easy, um, and whatever this is, is damn sure nothing that any of these people had to go through uh, having to talk Jordan about Devin their and David Starr are probably yeah. like the two That's that right. jumped it all off. That's right. Um, so I don't know where to start. I don't know if you want to go case by case, uh, but nah, just in general, yeah, that, it's 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 we'll be doing a two hour show doing that. But um, just in general, like it's it's there for the internet and it's been collected and people have you know been posting and writing stories about it and uh, to the victims of all of this nonsense. I hope that you can find some sort of peace from the pain that was caused you by the idiots in this fucking industry. Um, I hope that this industry gets fucking cleaned up. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm at a loss of words, even though I've just been talking for however long, but um, that's been the case so far, and obviously um, more will be coming out of this in the, in the machinations of people's jobs and ripple effects of whether or not uh, companies are going to do the right thing or if they're going to fire people or whatever to come up with. So, um, you know, 
now that all this stuff has been put out in the open, it's time for these companies and quite frankly, adults to be adults and and make the right choices for in in uh, these situations. I'm usually very excited to come do One Nation Radio every Sunday night. I'm happy to talk to James about, you know, wrestling and what else is going on in the world about jokes and anything we, you know, we can try to entertain you guys with. But this was a show that I just was like dreading. I was like, the later we do it, the better, because it's just like more time I have to think about what I want to say, how, you know, more time to just kind of reflect on like how all this stuff made me feel and it was just terrible just you know the stuff joe coffee was doing um the you know just just all this all this stuff like uh from from everyone across you know the um industry and it's like as much as it is an industry problem it's not an industry problem yes this is not exclusive to wrestling right so it's like there's only so mad that I'm going to get at professional wrestling, right? right. But like these, like wrestling, you know, <laughs> there's it's wrestling is so poorly built to be able to deal with something like this. It's not like there's an HR department for the wrestling business itself. It's like maybe in individual companies there's HR, but like small lower level places, like there's no HR for that. Like it's keeping your good name and making sure you're not getting blackballed to keep getting booked, to keep getting checks essentially and keep getting paid. And, you know, when you think about wrestling being a terribly equipped industry that goes from all the way to WWE and AEW and anything else that's top of the line to like the very bottom. So when new people are starting and this is how, you know, like there's no rule that says you can't bring a 14 year old into your training you know thing and it's just like it, it's saddening like i i think like a, the common thing that you know i kept seeing uh across all these stories and, it, and this was involving fans uh as well too it wasn't just like wrestlers but <clears throat> more on the wrestler side there was a lot of grooming going on you know early scouting you know one may say and it's just like that's like like I remember growing up and you know no knowing girls my age and I would always hear I'd be in like seventh grade, right? And then she'd be like, Yeah, my boyfriend's in high school. I was like, Why? Like and I would be like, Huh? Like I just didn't understand it, right? Like right. when I was like I was like, Why would that, you know, why would that happen? Like and then like you get older and then it's just like, Well, what were they looking for? They were looking for either someone they could prey on emotionally, physically, sexually, that they couldn't, you know, in their own age bracket. Applying that to wrestling, the Travis Banks and Millie McKenzie thing was one of them that really kind of disgusted me the most. Um, he was, well, he was in his 30s. I believe she was 16 or 17. 17. And he was 30 fucking years old. Yeah, and it was just like, bro, like, and you're talking about the power dynamics with teachers and students, essentially. Um, You're talking about wrestling, once again, you know, try not to be blackballed, but (laughs) not even that. This man went out and had an all-out fucking relationship with this minor. 
I don't don't not hit me with this in the UK. You know, is sixteen years old? No, no, motherfucker, because like they don't be in the UK one hundred percent of the time. These people are on the global stage. Like you can kiss my ass with that. I don't care. I I agree with you. Um, the the Millie one particularly pissed me off because she's one of the standout performers in Pro Wrestling Eve. Um, I do, I don't really talk about Pro Wrestling Eve that much, but um, her and Medusa Complex is. They're one of the better women's tag teams we have in this in this on this globe. Um, she is twenty years old. She's a she's a good ass wrestler. Like I just every time I've ever seen her, I've always thought. I look at how many days she's already had and how the schedule she works. How like she's one of the few Western women that gets tons of days because she's trying to work on her craft to get better every chance she gets. And I I you know I have. Um, well wishes for her and her career. I hope that that she can become, you know, one one of the top women uh, wrestlers out of the Western scene. I hope somebody snatches her up. She's already that good at twenty, and to hear this is just like for a twenty year old girl. Fuck that. I don't care what you say about a young woman. She's a girl, a twenty-year-old girl, to have gone through that kind of shit to come on on the other end. Years just ago, three, just three years later, at twenty years old, has worth all to realize. This is what happened with me. I was groomed. I was taken advantage of, and I'm coming forward in front of this person that was her trainer. This person that you know, whatever the relationship dynamic was that was clearly unbalanced and fucked up. To, to have that kind of clarity at that age, like, I'm so impressed and so, um, you know, she's even tougher than, and I admire her even more than I, than I did before. Uh, and, like, the Travis Banks thing is just, fuck him. Like, he doesn't need yeah. to be in the industry no more. Fuck him. He needs to get out. Um, or someone needs to get him out for him. And the, um... Uh, like it started with the David Star one, where uh, it, I don't know if it was a fan or it was just like pr- they pretty much kicked the door in on David Star's entire charade um, that he's you know painting himself as like you know did David Star say a lot of stuff that you know was correct about the wrestling industry? He did. You can't take that away from him. But we're going to also amplify this motherfucker that has been so embarrassed that he left Twitter um, by this stuff. He was really like using these psychotic techniques during his apology. He was doing promoted tweets for his apology, naming all his, um, you know, the people he's been done that he's done wrong. So everyone can go, you know, essentially like exposition dump on them. Like, well, what happened? And then those people have to recount those stories again. And then Jordan Devlin, like he came out and said all this stuff was false. But I mean, this woman was uploading, pictures of herself where she was being bruised and i guess you know from you know devlin inflicting this stuff on her um, that's what she said so that's i'm taking her word not his right it's like i mean why would she just have those pictures laying around like i don't <laughs> um this is like a uh you know it's a sad sad time for um you know fans you know, people in wrestling, um, people in wrestling, you know, it, you got to keep in mind just, you know, we watch all the promotions and we we feel like there's like tons and tons and tons of wrestlers. There's not like this is a tight knit group of people, like regardless of like, you know, it's a, it's a fraternity. It's a, um, 
you know, it's a society for lack there of a better word. So chances are you like you never know who knows each other, but it's a small group of people. So it's like it, this is going to shake and, and I think it's going to lead to something better. You know, as far as like people not being afraid to come forward, um, but you can only hope that. Like, there's no guarantee. Um, you know, had it not got out of hand to the degree it did, I would have been like, well, th- things are going to get back to normal. You know, the next week, and everyone's going to forget about this, or whatever. Because you know, just what happened on Twitter this week, it seems like with this year. This is so big and so like every company is touching essentially. And it's like everyone's going to have to like have an answer. And I don't think everyone does. Right. And even people that are that are trying to do more than just the simple. The the simple, you know, hand waving uh, fake PR shit is even getting this wrong. Like. AW sent out for Jimmy Havoc's situation. He sent out, or they sent out a, a press release about him going away to get rehab. And like, look, if you can, I don't know the specifics of the of the Jimmy Havoc one in particular, but I do know that he was on. The, he was mentioned with all this stuff going along too. Uh, and I do know that they talked about sending him off to rehab. And like, for me personally, I'm not necessarily a person that is about just throwing away people. Just at just all together um you know if there is jail time i believe that jail time should be you know similar close to enough i believe that um you don't forget but people do pay their make make amends or whatever else in rehab is a better step than just fucking it being in denial but i gotta say for a press conference to come out and not say anything about not saying the word sexual misconduct or abuse i that's just like one of these press conferences from one of these uh, police stations that don't say anything or any of these companies that talk about what we're going through right now, all these riots, and they don't bring up police brutality. It's like, no, you're t- you're trying to apologize or trying to say that someone's making a, a better way out of what? 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 Say it, motherfucker. Say it. So for me, I, I was not happy about that one. Um, but this it's going to be a lot. A lot of people are going to have to find... Um, or companies, if they want to continue to exist or whatever else, and make, quite frankly, some of them should probably just go all go to hell and fold up and never come back. But um, a path out of this, if there is, is you guys just come out and open open book. This this is what happened. These are mistakes that made. These people need to go the fuck away. I I myself like stop trying to hide behind it, uplift the institution and thereby uplift yourself. Some of this shit needs to be cleared out and moved aside for other people to come in and take it over, or for just to all go the fuck away because it was evil in, in the first place and fuck it. So that's that's kind of, that's kind of our am on it. Like I am if if the idea is if people for people that want scorched earth and for this shit to be shut down, you know what? I might be one step behind you right now. It's amazing. Um, you know, I had, you know, I had a conversation with a, you know, friend of mine uh, that's in the industry and he had remarked and we, we came to the conclusion that not a single black wrestler was named uh, in this. And it's, it's it was a uh, quite a, quite a coincidence here. Um, 
And it was just like, you know, looking at it from Riddle down. Like, I think you're, you're talking about like David Starr, Matt Riddle, as far as the top Velveteen. Um, it's just like they never had answers for Velveteen the first time. Nope. Really. It was just like, they're we're still investigating. investigating, remember? Go away. We're investigating. And now it's like, all right, we've got more screenshots. We've got more stories. Um, now, some of these, this stuff was ranging from, like, in the wider spectrum, like when fans are getting involved and everything else. It seems like there's an element of some people trying to shoot their shot, but not, like, it's like from that to, like, Devlin, where it's like, you know, pictures of abuse. It seems like there's, there's some type of spectrum here going on. So I don't think it's all even like throw everybody away, but yeah, like I said earlier, like there is a, there is a space to recognize what certain people did. And there are exit paths from all of that between kick them out of the industry altogether to this person needs rehab or this person needs to need some fucking do some fucking soul searching before he can come back or, or whatever else. But Ultimately, like, this can't just be, oh, let's just go back to work. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, now, we're talking about somewhere like uh, Shine, where someone like Arya Blake uh, comes out and says, like, the promoter, you know, was running it. And he he has these things that are called Sal hugs. So the promoter is named uh, Sal. So a Sal hug apparently is grabbing her ass and kissing her on the head, essentially. Like, and that's like a known thing among the women. Like, and you know, you look at you know a promotion like Shine, where what were they really doing business wise? Like with um, you know eye pay per view or even drawing um, in between New York and Tampa and maybe Chicago. Um, those are questions that you got to ask, right? Um, there's there's just you know so many you know and this is like in these uh statements of people that are coming out there are people that are still naming people without naming them they're putting stories about that have just happened to them but still being afraid like knowing you know where this person is in the industry and you know in relation to them like it's just too much because you know there's big companies behind people now. There's going to be resources to help them fight uh, this stuff, and it's like it's just really tough. And I, you know, hope that this stops because this was a lot to, you know, nothing happened to me, nothing happened to James, nothing. But every story that rolled in, it was just like, what the fuck, man? Like, and it was. It wasn't going to stop me from watching wrestling or anything because, like I said earlier, it was like, this isn't a wrestling problem. <clears throat> These are just the people that happened to be in wrestling. They weren't in wrestling. They'd be somewhere else doing it where they could, you know, benefit from that power dynamic or, you know, <clears throat> anything like that. But this, uh, you know, you, you never expect this stuff. Um, Like I said earlier, it was just... Even back in 2018, I thought that eventually it was going to come knocking on uh, pro wrestling's door. Uh, in I, you know, it's just typical wrestling fashion. Be two years, be years behind on uh, on <laughs> fucking pop culture or cultural events. So um, there you have it. So um, you know, 
we're going to hear this isn't the end of this. It's going to continue. There's always going to be shitty people inside of, uh, inside of every industry. Um, and I, I, you know, and we're talking about like Dave Lagana, the NWA is on hiatus now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Down from that. So we got in literally entire companies, like probably like having to go move around. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, if, if, I don't even know about a fucking silver lining out of this, but just hopefully next time, um, you know, after after all this shit is coming out, people, you know, we're going to see like same thing when this COVID stuff is going to like as far as seeing what companies actually give a damn or on the you know the the right side of of you know humanity for the workers and and life and um, you know even expanding out to the broader society. Um, we're going to see like in the future like from this day forward like what who's doing the right thing and who is just for self and who is out here just trying to uphold institutions we're gonna see yep and um you see this stuff uh come across the timeline it's like believe women like and uh, there's been a couple male wrestlers that have come out i haven't seen you know too many of them but um we you know this is not a thing where Oh, men, this happens to men too. Like, this is not like what we're looking at right now. Like, this is like so imbalanced. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, mean it, 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 I mean, we can, we can get into, um, we can get into the, to, to the, uh, male victims as well because, like, people seem to think that, like, I mean, you just have to look at what was happening with the Catholic Church over the last. 25 years as far as stuff being uncovered to know that mm-hmm. like power fucked up power dynamics can, can and will result in this kind of nonsense um so Callum Newman who uh somebody that me me you rich saw on that Russell talk show right after everything pretty much shut down um during the um in back in March that had the Will Ospreay and Bree Prisley um, intergender match on the undercard against David Starr of all fucking people. He uh-huh. came forward and talked about how he started in wrestling young, which makes sense given how good he is already at his age. I think he's like 19 or something. Um, and he talked about how he was like 14 or 15 or something like that. And he got, he got fondled. He got groped when he was by his trainer. Like, so... You know, I don't want to um, lose sight of like just saying that or pretending like this only is happening to um, women because obviously not people have came forward, but disproportionately this or overwhelmingly this is by and large happening to um, our sisters in this business, and this fucking sick needs to stop. And <laughs> obviously, you know that goes for the whole rest of society, but like this seems like. A bunch of people preying on this power, these fucked up power dynamics by people that are in power and people that, you know, can draw or people that are on top in whatever sense and using that to get in a get around people that they can try to fuck, and it needs to stop. And it, you know, it's it's easy to say it needs to stop, like you know, but. I, I just keep coming back to the point, like pro wrestling, is so ill ill equipped to deal with this, like. And it's like, it's almost like wishing among like, 
like is it's like it's like any any other fucked up long running institution like right. wishing for it to stop like yeah I, man I I wish fucking um you know white supremacy could end like right. tomorrow like I wish it could go away but it's not going away it's like it's like yo we're just gonna like you know we're just gonna hope people you know grow the fuck up or get help or um stop doing what the fuck they're doing because it's clearly unacceptable it's ruining people's lives changing them forever and it's just it's it's just a fucked up thing to have to like continue going because i'm sure this isn't new like we're, we got stories going back to the fabulous moolah and you know stuff that used to happen like back in the days like with you know uh vince himself like you know been implicated in shit like this like yep. it's um it's just like as long as people are in fucked up power dynamics so like the power dynamic structure needs to like it's like pro wrestling needs to be regulated but they're never going to regulate pro wrestling so this is going to be it you, you only hope it gets better yeah um so i don't have any really concrete ideas on how to um try to alleviate some of this nonsense because obviously trying to wish this away out of any particular um sector society is impossible as you just mentioned before but um one one nice start would be start employing women in positions of power that can curtail a lots of this shit so um from from trainers to bookers to um quite frankly people running promotions we're going we're going to have to have we're going to have to change to 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 be more female because this is this is this is unacceptable like it's to me i just find this infuriating i and i know um i know this is coming from the dude that is the that is considered the quote unquote um women's wrestling fan but this is nonsense. This shouldn't be happening. Um, not at this rate. Not where you have an avalanche of fucking stories coming out. And I remember specifically, um, I want to say a couple years ago, I was listening to a, a, um, a Wrestling Observer podcast, and he was talking about the movie The Wrestler. And he talked about how it made Vince McMahon cry when he saw it in a screening. And he said that as far as motion picture movies he thought it was pretty damn accurate and, and then at the time he was talking to some wrestler and some wrestler said like it's not accurate unless it has four it, unless it has 14 year olds blowing dudes in a tub in a, in yeah. a tub and he said yes it didn't have that in there obviously but it's so much better well is it fucking better does it does it, did this week feel like it was better as it's been covered up and hidden and been covert yeah. Yeah, like you can imagine, like what was happening in, in fucking Memphis um, in the fucking eighties, and y'all know exactly who uh, it would have been happening the, with. The, look, uh, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. Yeah, like, and this has always been like uh, this is you know once a a certain industry that was built on quote unquote servicing the rats. So, and it's like you know onto the cornet part, like. You know, he, but the thing here's yeah. the thing: if it were just quote unquote serving certain rats, which I've heard what I've I've read a lot of people saying we need to get rid of that shit, so I'm okay with I'm perfectly fine with getting rid of all that shit. If it was just that, we wouldn't have this problem. 
Yes, there are um, women that do want to fuck some of these wrestlers. Fine. Leave the people that want, don't want to fuck you alone. Stop messing with girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... And, and stop being, like, psychological monsters, too. Because a lot of that stuff is in play, too. I would just, like, read some of the stuff where they would put out a uh, a screenshot that's, like, a 300-word text message. And it's, like, the stuff that these men are describing of how they feel and they're threatening to self-harm and commit suicide unless someone would talk to them. That's, like, that's mental abuse on, like, another level. It's, like... Emotional terrorism. Yeah. Like... Like, hold on, you're gonna off yourself? Like, and then that just automatically makes the person like kind of give in to you. And it's like, yeah, man, like, like these these folks fucked up. Like, um, so yeah. hopefully so, wrestling will open up for uh, you know, maybe maybe we can open up some more demographics here. Yes, um, because quite frankly, those are people that can possibly. Sp- you know, try to save and clean up some of this bullshit. Um, so, to move on to lighter news. Um, it, only in the uh, global pandemic, the lighter news. Yeah. Um, in, in lighter news, WWE on Monday, right after Raw, had a person uh, test positive that was a train or a trainee in the PC um, that was attending. A week or two show, a uh, week or two ago's uh, sets of tapings. So they test positive for COVID. This is the second person they've had test positive for COVID. So on Monday, I'm sorry, on Tuesday, when they were going to do his sets of tapings, they canceled that day's uh, sets of tapings and proposed, postponed them until Wednesday so they could um, give COVID tests for the first time to their, their uh, staff and um, independent contractors. Uh, disgusting like just just disgusting and then when you hear about the stuff they were actually doing like the triple h magic spray comical um i knew that was bullshit when they talked about that back in march i can't remember y'all didn't remember this i remember that and i was like what the fuck are you talking about triple h um the they literally you know the temperature checks which is like nothing like absolutely nothing like that's as good as an open hand slap to everyone that uh enoki slap uh to everyone that's walking in the door yeah we're gonna slap you to make sure you ain't got it well what does that do the same thing the temperature checks do we know that this is a billion dollar company yes um but aside from that we know that this is a transmissible transmissible um illness that can spread a easily without people being symptomatic for up to seven days at least seven days or five to seven days right we knew that back in march and they still were doing the the temperature check as if that meant any fucking thing right it sounded like they were trying to be lockstep with the president as far as not actually if you don't test you won't give results yeah like we knew that then too and it was like well why wouldn't you test right until like i hate how politicized this thing has become and if you can't see it you're not looking hard enough well gotta remember just 
actually, on the same Monday is when we found out that uh, because they were bringing, for the first time, non-essential staff, non-essential in quotation marks, they got people beating on the fucking uh, plexiglass, non-essential, we had fans, first time they had fans at a WWE show was that same show, and then an hour or two later, people that are... So magically... Yeah, uh, you find out that they were not allowed to go to the taping if they were planning on wearing masks. They were told that if you want, if you feel the need to wear a mask, just don't come. What and, kind of and, shit is that? Like, it's just a double whammy of you find all this out, and also you hear about this second uh, COVID positive COVID test, and and then it shines a bright a bright light, which people either forgot or pretended not to remember or just are so naive to think that like WWE would never uh, treat their, you know, put people in harm's way. <laughs> I, you know, and just like they could not, be- people could not believe that there were, they were not getting COVID tests, even though like, like, it, like an alarm has been sounding for weeks and weeks and weeks that they haven't been doing it. Right. And to talk about just to move to AEW, for example, for example, right. They luckily have a bunch of COVID testing in the same parking lot, right? So they can get that done or whatever else, and they can bring people forth. I still don't like the fact that most of them don't have masks on. I still don't like the fact that um, they have people at ringside for hours without masks, and they, you know, they in the wrestling. And then I just, I was a person that was that was in a camp of. None of this shit should ever start back up until, or none of this shit should start back up. They need to go away for forever long. I'm okay with that. Y'all got TV deals to insulate you. You have force majeure in all these contracts. You know that the God stuff and all these contracts. Is it worth it? Both of them have decided to, to, to pull on ahead and 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 do this. Uh, I, I made a joke to you that AEW um, or a couple weeks ago the AEW should be on the Finesse of the Year Award for WWE paying that money to a Trump Super PAC, and then it, it also allows <laughs> AEW to win as well um, because they opened up for you know was it live taping or whatever it was or it was yeah. what, after came after that money that was given to the Trump Super PAC. So, but back to WWE. Um, this is just one of these examples of this is why I was I was on the camp of none of this shit open back up because I don't trust any of these companies any I don't mean just WWE any of these companies to handle this shit in the best light to keep as many people safe as possible AEW is doing better but what's better what what's like better my, I I had a comment last saw like you know Tony Tony Khan has come out and said they're like testing people every. You know, anytime they go in the building, whatever, they talk about BTE, um, oh. where, you know, they get two wristbands. They get one for a temperature check, and then they get one for um, a COVID test, mm-hmm. like, every week. And I don't know if you can pay attention to, on Dynamite. Check people's wrists, and you'll see the um, wristbands that I'm talking about. Um, but, like, that's what you would think anybody would do in this situation, right? Like, that's not something to, like commend is it it's like well duh shouldn't you be testing like you make tony khan look like he's this hero when it's just like he's doing like what you're supposed to do he's doing winning like free he's he's winning free points right he's winning free points for just being like borderline responsible (laughs) and then vince is just like you know because it's wrestling 
you know, and to so many people, WWE is wrestling. It's like everyone turns their head until there's like, you know, something like another positive test that comes out. And then knowing they have like all these old, they had Ric Flair in the building on Monday. Why? I don't know. To have them, you know, give uh, Christian a goddamn uh, joint uh, low blow. But I don't know, man. Yeah, WWE I, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like the Ric Flair thing, I had totally forgot about that. It, you know, it, it is, it is interesting because Ric Flair was one of the very first uh, like public, you know, more or less wrestling ambassadors to come out and say, "Hey, this shit is serious. I'm social distancing. I am, I'm isolating with my, my, my." I, Wife slash life partner. I forgot. With I, I think his life partner is not. I don't think he officially got married. It was like it's called a life partner. But they, had, you know, they had a wedding, whatever else. But he's like, I'm just I'm staying to myself, and this is serious, guys, and and everything else. And then, you know, after you know, it's been months ago because I was back in March, and they brought out Flair's what seventy one. Yeah, they brought out seventy. Yeah, that's right, seventy one year old Ric Flair. In, into that same building we just talked about where they told people not to wear masks they told people uh, you know and, and then they sent out a memo you know as the show ends or at, right after the show saying that like oh yeah somebody tested positive it was like what timing what incredible timing like just the just the reckless behavior is just like you know it's not surprising at all either it's just like I can't believe that like these people don't realize it like or Yo, not, gonna... not realize I don't believe I can't believe these people just brazenly are so dismissive and don't care that much. I just can't believe it. It's like you're gonna have their own top ten for most disgusting promotional tactic this year. I mean they're at the top of this whole COVID thing, but like I mean the whole industry is just the whole or me for the whole TV industry of this is just not doing like I don't I can't actually that back I can't speak for what Impact is doing I don't cover I don't watch Impact enough to know what they're doing but they're running too just like AEW is running just like uh, WWE has been running their shows so how how much better could they possibly be right now yeah and also yeah. another that's specific to us is they're running these shows AEW and WWE they're running out to PC in Orlando Florida they're running out of Jacksonville right now and Florida is had 4,000 new cases yesterday that go that went along with 3,000 new cases of positive uh, or two back-to-back days of th- over uh, 3,100 cases. Like, Florida is in is in the middle of, of spiking again. Or, I'm uh, sorry, um, of having a quote-unquote spike um, compared to after not even really going into a plateau to begin with because we opened up, um, you know, relatively Way too early. Yeah, and it was predictable, and we knew this. And I've stayed mass in my house, and I'm wearing a mask every time I, you know, go anywhere uh, close to another person outside. So, obviously, this is some of my me being super, you know, overly whatever in my personal life, but and then reflecting that upon like decisions they're making. But if you're someone that's even lax about it, it's like. Just look at some of the results these other countries have had when it came to people out in public wearing masks. And then look at them on their TV and, their, and all these people that they, they fucking employ and, you know, claim they empower and claim that they want to, you know, become stars and they have all this, you know, sweat equity built into them and all this stuff. And 
they're out there with no fucking mask on, nothing protective. It's just, it's just for me that was that was particularly infuriating, and you know, it kind of got lost with all the bullshit that we had to uh, go through and, and read when people coming forward just um, telling us about all these slime balls in this industry over the last couple of days. But like, don't lose sight of this. Like, you have two fucking monsters, uh, so metaphorical monsters, so, so to speak, going around right now inside this industry where it's like people just recklessly don't care about people and or that is the story of both of them. It's like they don't care about their well-being as far as their health. They don't care about their well-being as, as, as far as their fucking humanity and dignity either. What a what a cold show open. Um, have, we, have everything covered? Should unless something pop up in the, in the next uh, ten seconds here, uh, we can go ahead and start the show. Yeah, so we'll be right back. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on PowerSlam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in, that's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio uh, This is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all that counts to me Goodbye and good night, hey Okay, so... I guess we're going to talk about um, Stardom. First show back after uh, the Cinderella tournament at the end of April. Um, New Japan Cup and the... What was the name of their first show before the New Japan Cup started? Work Together? Uh, New Japan Together Project. That's what it was. Together Project, yes. Um, We have the Wednesday shows as we normally cover them. uh, But first, we have news of The Undertaker officially retiring, um, allegedly, but we'll see. Who knows? Because he's talked about backstage about retiring for years, and he's changed his mind. But this is the first time it's ever been like a media news story. Um, So... I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I, I feel like, I, I, I don't really believe it until he just goes, you know, a year or two and he's not around anymore. Like, I see, you know, this is the year two thousand twenty. 
Survivor Series would be a 30-year anniversary thing. I have a hard time imagining Vince McMahon leaving that um, on the table. Um, But obviously, decision isn't solely uh, his to make. Like, Undertaker's not no do-boy, but Undertaker, through looking at this last ride thing, like, he clearly wants to have a a last match in the ring to... You know, wash the taste of you know his him his body betraying him with because of age over the last uh, almost decade. So, um, you know, I don't if he were to leave it at the boneyard match, it would be a perfectly acceptable way to say I went out and I had a good ass match. I had one of the very best matches at WrestleMania, maybe the best match at WrestleMania. It wasn't a wrestling match, but it enjoyed it entertained the hell out of people. And I could damn sure you could damn sure say this the best cinematic wrestling sh- uh, shit they ever they ever done in this company. So I don't know. What what are your thoughts on it, Rich? I've been ready for the Undertaker to get the fuck out of here for years. Um I'm never like I've never been like a huge Undertaker person. Um, I like the streak, um, you know, the streak within the streak. That little you know period from like 23 to 28. Um, he's a guy that just looks like <laughs> like the, the. It feels like the tone of this entire documentary has been fucking weird. Wait, I got a question. Why do like, you say twenty eight? Why do you not count twenty nine? Oh, 29. I forgot. No, okay. 29. But like he got carried like unbelievably in 29. I, I feel like I, I feel like CM Punk like broke his damn back to have, make that match great. So Oh, yeah, that's one of the best that's one of the best uh performances from any wrestler in the last like of the last decade. It absolutely was. Um but the tone of that the documentary is like the Undertaker's wife yelling at the fans like you don't know what he's going through to to make it back here every year. It's like, look, man, <laughs> I'm not asking him to come back. He's coming back for the check every year. So you're living on this good check that Vince is, you know, providing. So, like, why are you trying to do this to us? Like, to try to guilt trip us into wanting another. Because, like, how I look at these documentaries is, like, they're all a work. It's it's all a work. Everyone's working. And it's it's like uh, he's in he's in search of the the one great match, an admirable story, man. But like when you're staring at me on this documentary with a fucking blue line on your T-shirt, it's just like, I'm sorry. It, it, It feels like it came at the wrong time and I maybe sound insensitive to this, but it's like. I could give a fuck. Like if the Undertaker comes back again, like it's like, bro, it's been thirty years. You you've wrestled everybody. You've you had this legendary career. You made all this money. You if you want to ride off into the sunset, awesome. You should have done it years ago. I I, I I'm just you know, like I look at what Undertaker is contributing every year to you know the 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 more he just hangs on and hangs on. It's like this this albatross that everyone just kind of has to deal with and signed them to, they just signed them to a 15 year deal. Like, didn't that like come out a couple weeks ago? Yeah, no, no, not a couple, not a couple weeks ago. We been knew about that. Like, I think we heard about that. Maybe even around the time of WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, cause like, remember I- like he, when the whole star cast thing happened, 
and they pulled him from that. They signed him to a long term deal, and then we, I think, eventually, like recently, we found out it was fifteen years. Recently, like or in the last mm. like couple months, we found out like the long the long term deal trying to be fifteen years. We're like, what the fuck are you doing, Vince? Right. Are you gonna, and, you're gonna have him wrestle until he's seventy? Fuck out of here. Yeah. So, I don't think the Undertaker is retired. Like he'll be back doing something. Um, this is just, you know, I, I would assume is them just locking up an iconic figure to make sure he's not, you know, used anywhere else. But right, exactly. I mean, I don't know. I, w- I was ready for the Undertaker experience to uh, go ahead and, and you know finish up, you know, years ago, as they say. Look, um, he is some. If you think of his last. If it were a time for him to have gone, it would have been 2015. Um, you had the, the feud with Brock Lesnar. He had kick-ass matches. You put over the top guy in these main events. And, you know, he, he put over Brock Lesnar and Hell in a Cell, a match that was basically made after The Undertaker. It would have been a poetic, poetic send-off. Go away. Now... He's been he's keep he's kept going coming back for the last five years so long that his last two matches have actually been fucking good. Think about that. Think of all all the Saudi Arabia Australia matches that fucking sucked. The WrestleMania farce of a match that they didn't advertise, but you knew they were gonna give it to you all along because they had Cena cutting promos for 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 a whole, for months after uh after actually not months but after Elimination Chamber. It's just, um, not let me, I'm sorry, I'm mixing up years, but I think it was at the Royal Rumbles when he started calling Undertaker, uh, in 2018. Anyway, if they want to keep willing him out to do these, uh, boneyard matches or whatever else, that's the only way I can imagine this is going to be something where he can do something of value. Outside of that, there's nothing there left. He can't get it done in the ring anymore because, of course, he can't. He's six foot eight, six foot seven, and he's been wrestling for over thirty years. The body and the size is not meant to match up to be able to do that with those kind of hips. He has a reconstructed hip. He talks about and he only wrestles once a year, and you know how it is when it comes to old timers and it comes to bumping. Either you need to bump often, or you need to. Actually, you need to be bumping often, otherwise it's hell for you to try to come back over and over. And he's not coming back for, you know, to go do 10 minutes, kid. He's coming back to do fucking WrestleMania matches. Yeah, and it's like the Saudi, like the thing with The Undertaker is like he's come back for these Saudi Arabia shows, which are like fucking terrible from a critical standpoint, from a, you know, they're disgusting that WWE's involved with him, and then you see the Undertaker there, and it's just like we know you're going over there for that good check. And he's going oh. out there and stinking the joints out too. Let's, let's yeah. not say like you talk about you know he's he's surrounded by some trash. No, he's he's putting some banana pills in there too. Like with that that um that slow ass uh, match he had in Australia with which, with um Triple H, and then the you know DX versus uh, Brothers of Destruction that was a, abysmal. So like that's some, that's some real Hulk Hogan in 1998 on pay per view energy that in 1999 on pay per view like that he's been emanating like with Triple H wrestling all his old buddies from 10 years ago, 15 yeah. years ago, you know, bringing Shawn Michaels back, you know, to do this, and it's just like, yo, like no one needs to see this. Yeah. So, um, hollow. 
Why yeah, it's like if he wants to retire, good for him. Uh, quite honestly, you should have retired a long time ago. I'm not one of these people that believes of the you know you want to quote unquote tarnish your legacy by staying around too long because that's bullshit. Like your your legacy, what your legacy is, the, his body is work, his body is work. Um, at this point, this is just like turned into some type of weird like back in check uh, charity type of thing where it's almost like I really feel like imagine if like well. He's he trashed in the past. But like, imagine if Kobe is still was still on the Lakers right now. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's one of those shits where it's like, how how much do you need to pay this dude in the back end for stuff you probably should have paid him at the time when he was at his peak? And it's like, if you feel that way, reach into your fucking pocket, reach to your bank account, break him off what you feel like he uh, he deserves, and move on. Yeah, but as far as putting that in front on. of us, but as far as putting that out in front of the fans, or whatever else, all it's gonna do is make people resent the Undertaker. It was, and it's already happened. It started years ago. Yeah, I was on it early. Like it was just like, yo, I'm ready. Like, and it was just like it almost was sacrilegious at the time. You're right. But, but here's the thing: it's all like I said. It's come back around in the last five years when it was mostly when it was almost all bad for the last five years. So we're like, his last two matches have been good. So. This is a perfect time to leave off. Don't come back. If or I don't even, or like I would suggest to him that if he's going to retire, actually retire. Do not come back. Especially after making this statement, do not come back again. Yeah. Don't. You're going to make people be like, oh my god, this shit again. Yeah. Like and like and if and never say never. And if you he does come back, they've got to do the best thing they've ever done with him. And what are the odds that they're that WWE in 2020 is going to do that? And with what? How old is what is he? 55, 54, 56? Uh, <laughs> let's find out. What was was he 50 and was he 50 in WrestleMania 31? Yeah, he's like 55. Yeah, he's got to be 55. <laughs> yeah, like nah, man. It ain't gonna get no better. Bye. Like once you start replacing fucking hips. And I understand, yeah, like he, he talk- just turned fifty five this year. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he turns like he t- his birthday's like right before WrestleMania season. So like, or, or in the middle of WrestleMania season, like like a couple weeks before WrestleMania or whatever. But uh, when we obviously he talked about on the Bill Simmons podcast, he talked about how like he got some special type of um, kind of experimental hip replacement at the time during that Royal Rumble in two thousand eighteen. Uh, or sorry, seventeen. Right before he had, you know, he wasn't good enough for the and, and fucking uh, made Roman Reigns like a piece of shit at WrestleMania thirty three. Uh, <laughs> so, but he talked about like if I had got the actual surgery I was going to plan to before I got some experimental done, I would have been done. So, like he's already like been making doing all these adjustments to prolong this or whatever else, and like it's only it's not going to. You know, it's not going to plateau. Right. It's only you know destined to go down. So like I would like, say, has the Undertaker made some like bad investments or something? Like, is he trying to recoup? Like, like what the Undertaker's pockets is looking like? Like, I hate the pocket watch, but damn. I mean, he got the fifteen year deal. Like, I, I mean, I imagine the fifteen year deal has to do with ambassador work and not just you know working because there's not a chance to fuck you ever see the end of that contract. Or, or, or maybe like the situation is like he's enough money. For him to, you know, get whatever dates he needed, and now he's done with this, uh, apparently. But, you know, um, you know, I he's found a way to get to where he said he wanted that documentary from, uh, from what I gathered. So, like, all right, you put it out, you put it out for the first time to the world. Don't Brett Favre this shit up. 
Yeah. Um, because there so is I no guess- two thousand. Because there is no two thousand nine Viking season for him. There is not. There, there is. <laughs> there is not one of those. There is not. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's just move on to the Wednesday shows. Uh, AEW Dynamite. Um. What were your thoughts on this show uh, this week, Rich? Uh, I thought it was a good show. Um, I, I think I liked this show the week before a little bit more, but um, I thought the tag team title match was awesome. Yeah, um, um, I thought the um, the Abaddon, Anna Jay angle and match, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I thought from, the angle was brilliant. The match was just some, you know. Well, yeah, the, the, it, match, it, was, the match was nothing. The, the angle was everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could I can pass on MJF and Billy. Um, I like Ricky Starks uh, showing up, and yeah, Ricky yeah, Starks I'm... actually getting signed here. So uh, oh, he signed now officially. Officially, yeah. Okay. Um, look, he got a, he got an NWA just in the nick of time. Look, you, you see, it had division. Um, uh, I like the Bucks match. It was a little bit different than what they normally do, but um. What else? They have Butcher Blade. Uh, they wrestled uh, Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, that's right. And, and Kip Sabian. Sabian. That's right. That's um, right. Of course, Cage and Moxley had another hot angle or good promos like back and forth. Um, but well, hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's backtrack a second. Um, what do you think of this interaction so far we've gotten over the last, I think it's three weeks? or Yeah, I think it's three weeks with um, the Revival or FTR and the Young Bucks. Like, do you do you feel like it's or how do you feel about it? Because I, I, you know, I expressed to you how I felt about it on uh or to all the guys in the um, so suplex thread. But like, wh- what are you, what are your fi- feelings on it so far? I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like they're clearly building towards them teaming up in like some type of eight man tag, and they don't want to you know throw gas on it yet, essentially, because mm-hmm. all out is a long time away. And I would presume that's where it's going to happen. Makes, uh, what makes sense, yeah. Uh, so, like, this one is like retrain your, you have to retrain, you know, a 12 week build rather than a six week build or a four week build. Like, mm-hmm. this one is just like one of those slow paced moving stories. Like, you know, Cody and MJF didn't come up, you know, flying out of the gates, but by the time it got there, you know, it was hot. Like, and we still haven't really got these people really express that much, of, you know, to the other team. You know, mm-hmm. they got about, you know, 10 or 20 seconds to say something to the other side. I don't know if all four of these guys are necessarily the most charismatic, uh, you know, like character performers among them. The what, What's going to have to, you know, I think carry the day for this is like, Worked, worked, shooty. Not, not like necessarily like the Cody work shoot stuff, but like we know both of those teams probably feel like they're the best, and they got to lean into that hard. I think um, to and to just put these people against each other, like, and I think that's like you know going to be what we're looking for. But so far, it's like it's it's it still seems like an opening act, like to whatever they're doing. Yeah, um, my my position on it is that. It has done nothing for me. I'm not killing it. I'm not hating it. I'm not saying it's doomed or anything. I just think that it has just left me cold so far. Um, and I understand that it's 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 a slow moving thing, and like they're also trying to you know play the expectations that you as a smart fan know like the direction they're headed. But like you know you have to be you know 
a bit of swerve not swerving that's you know always negative connotation but like there's got to be some some movement and it can't just be a straight path to get to that because it's a long ass time and I don't think you can cut like hot promos for you know 12 weeks if that's is the, the in, uh, in fact the, uh, the the destination but um I don't know if they were served to be on TV and talk about and around each other um more or less a revival anyway to be on TV the last three weeks or whatever it's been or four weeks um, and have been hovering around and everything is about the more or less about the Young Bucks whether they're saving the Young Bucks or they're talking about um, themselves and eventually gets brought to the Young Bucks or they have to fight um, the revival not the revival the uh, the Butcher and the Blade and then the Young Bucks come out and you know um, confront them um, I think you know if if it is in fact for them to be a team up thing, that's cool. But like, is the intrigue of it that like everybody knows that it's just a matter of time before one of them fucks the other one? And like, if so, you kind of need to get them um together sooner for me to to buy it because you know you have pay per view coming in or not pay per view a. a BR live show um, coming in what two weeks? It's two weeks away, right? So not this week. I think one, it's right? next week. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I feel like they they they're. I just feel like they haven't. It feels like they don't know. It feels like they know where they're going, but they haven't like really taken more than one step to get towards it even though it's like alright so it's not like y'all aren't gonna have a match on you know uh, Fighter Fest so like can we kind of like know what we're up against and you know I don't know if it's like more like they're um, playing their time to get their particular week to get you know it announced in, in radio or whatever else but it's like it feels like a lot of this or you know we don't know what's going to be on what show because it's two, you know, back to back weekends. But like, it feels like things have already been in place already. So it's almost like, all right, this week probably is like the week to do it. Like, I don't think you know you want to have the Young Bucks match be like a thing that you, you know, get ready like on the go home show going into it. But who knows? Maybe they're just scheduled for the June eighth show instead, or sorry, July eighth instead of uh, July first. I don't know, but it just feels like they're they're going very very slow and like it makes me kind of just like it's not that i i'm worried about it it's more like i don't know why i'm supposed to be interested in this yet and i'm mm-hmm. like i trust them to get me interested but like it still ain't coming yet and i'm just like all right well i'm sitting here waiting <laughs> that's kind of I'm, I'm sitting here waiting and i'm just waiting for the hook and i'm like once the hook comes to be like okay i'm in on this but it's like I want the hook and it, it ain't here for you know whatever they're going to do eventually in one of these things so that's that's kind of my thing you know um but yeah um you're moving forward to the cage stuff right yeah um brian cage felt mighty sid like um <laughs> in, in hearing this man communicate i don't know what he said i don't know what he was trying to say but it was just like amazing because it was just so loud and taz more of that energy. Put his nuts on the table. Small New York man energy. Dude. When he said him and Cage are out here doing body guy stuff, I fucking 
howled. <laughs> Dude. Taz. Now, we were talking about Jake Roberts uh, a couple uh, about a month ago. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, February. Like, his work with Archer, and I was saying, like, I don't give a damn how y'all feel. And I feel like last year, he's kind of skated, but, like, as far as the Observer Award for Best Non-Wrestling Act, or whatever the name of the award is, Best Non-Wrestler, Jake Roberts, that's Jake Roberts to lose. I don't know what is going on AEW. Obviously, because they're empowering people to be managers, and they're, you know, and these are people that are, you know, veterans, but... Taz is fucking awesome at this. I, I love this so much. I lo- and then when they went away from it, they came back at commercial break and they, it was it was Moxley's promo and he was talking about how mad he was that like he got jumped and like this ain't over. I'm gonna fucking kill you, dude. Like they are knocking this out the park. Like I was I was a little bit concerned. Um, and the once they made Moxley champion because it was like. He was cutting good promos. He was cutting... Like, I felt like he was hitting... He was always getting on base. He was always either, you know, getting singles or he was getting doubles. But, like, right now, with, with his cage thing, with Taz and interaction, like, it feels like Moxie is just coming out of him just, like, just gap... Just stand-up doubles, like, constantly. And it's like... It makes me feel like eventually this, 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 this you know, stretched-out triple... Um, into into right into the uh, right field or you know even a home run is is coming but he keeps getting to the plate and killing on the mic and Taz is like matching him and like even even Cage who's the monster like he's coming out and he's showing his charisma and he, he that's not really his thing like I'm just <laughs> I'm just loving this thing so far I really am like this is one of my favorite things in AEW like so far like it you know the whole you know year or whatever year and change of AEW like this is right up there with like you know the to, for me like the Jericho Cody stuff. I'm I'm not saying it's that level. I'm sorry. My enjoy, my personal enjoyment of it is like every single thing they knock out the park and like it's just so fun so far. So fun. Right behind the nightmare collective. Um, oh my god. We we're not here to talk about the, we're not here to talk about the past. We're not here to talk about the past. We look, we're all just, we talk about we talk, baseball. We talked about lots and lots of the past at the beginning of the show, but not in, in regards to this. On screen, AEW, we're not here to talk about that past. We leave that past in the past. Uh, so, I guess let's just go to the top of the show. Um, I, the World Tag Team title match, uh, Kenny Omega Heyman Page uh, against Rhodes and uh, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Mm-hmm. I thought Kenny and Dustin, like, I really want to see a Kenny Omega and Dustin match, even though mm-hmm. they, um, uh, I think Dustin may have clonked his dome uh, <laughs> on Kenny's knee or something like that. But um, QT looked good in this match. Um, Kenny was awesome. This was a this was a really good match, and you know they did their little alley fuckery or whatever. No, no, but no. it was a really good match. But QT didn't look good. You had he did that fucking Sasuke special. He always that uh, he always looks makes look terrible. And even even Excalibur was like that was ugly. And I was like, yo, even even the positive Excalibur is burying this man's move while he's on a hot streak. You know, in the middle of the match, like, well. I mean, it, at least he has credibility. At least Excalibur has the credibility of not being a flat faced liar. Did you see his drop kick? Uh, I, I mean, I've watched so much wrestling. I've kind of gotcha. Yeah, uh, drop kick, Kenny. Uh, I think he gave Kenny the drop kick. Okay, I think. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, they ended up getting you know the win with the last call. Uh, this was That's a solid. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, solid. Calling it that? Uh, the f- the first match that they had back against Sabian and Havoc, okay. they called it that. I think okay. for the first time. Okay. Um, another solid TV defense. I believe that's five defenses of the tag belts for um, Kenny and Hangman, and then they're taking on uh, the best friends. So, uh, are, are you trying to think of the five? It feels like they've done more. Like, I'm obviously, you know, there's a big gap there when, um, you hey, know, man, during the beginning of the, yeah. Uh, but, like, it feels like it's been more because I know they, you know, the kid, the one they just had, um, they wrestled the Young Bucks, they wrestled the Lucha Bros, they wrestled uh, your boys, um, um, best friends. I think SCU got a rematch. They did. Yeah. So that's all five. I feel like it have been more. It's like uh, Young Bucks. SE rematch. Um, this one, Sabian and uh, Havoc. And you mentioned Lucha Bros? I think I mentioned Lucha Bros. Okay. Well, yeah, like you named the same people I named, and I felt like there was more than five, but apparently not. All right. Yeah. Or maybe it's just uh, like they've had matches that weren't title matches. I'm just, you know, mix them up in mind. It's interesting. The Elite versus the Nightmare people here in this match. So, um, We'll save that for another day. Uh, then uh, Abaddon taking on Anna J. Anna J gets the the big baby face uh, vi- video package talking about how she had to, you know, f- fight hard and work harder than she ever did. Now that she signed and uh, everything, you know, she comes to the ring, gets a big entrance. Then Abaddon comes out here and crawls to the ring and fucking destroys her. I had never seen. Um, is it Abaddon or Adadon? Abaddon. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Right. That's a Freudian slip. Adadon is the story of Adadon. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> My bad. You are hiding a child. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. So a- Abaddon. Um, that's my first time ever seeing her. I didn't know she existed. I I don't know where she came from or what her f- what her former gimmick was. If if I had seen her in the past before, but she came back. I was like, what is this? And she's like, she's crawling. Oh, okay. She's gonna be this creepy person, or whatever else. Um, I'm thinking, yeah. you know, Anna J is gonna, you know, get a, you know, fight from underneath, or whatever, and get a win against a monster. No. Moss, monstered, monstered. Yes, <laughs> the monster, like, uh, monstered. So Abaddon actually had a match back in February, I believe, against Carl Sheeta on AW Dark. Okay. And Abaddon carries a loyal fan base online, to say the least. Mm. Um, and it, so, yeah, like they are in every comment. They were in every comment session for months. Sign Abaddon, and it looks like they did that too. Um, so what we thought. You know, was like NJ's, you know, getting presented as like, you know, this next big baby face star. They just had a couple injuries. Which they uh, have, which know. they aren't quite honestly need um, as far as depth is like they need to, you know, kind of start building right now with Britt as a heel, but like Britt as the star of the promotion, but like can't wrestle. And then with, um, with, you know, stat going down, like they kind of need that, that baby face, that second baby face kind of, you know, come through. So, so Anna J like gets destroyed like mm-hmm. completely and i saw it i was like this is brilliant i was like because they're letting you know ain't shit sweet like you see the, <laughs> see the video package like and you just assumed but they subvert your expectations right and it's like oh so like it's not a sterile show like it seems like the matches still have to happen like rather right. than what you think is going to happen right. now 
the fucking Dark Order comes out. <laughs> well, well, one, well, one thing. Before you even get to that point, everything you just said still applies to before the, the Dark Order even comes out because it's like, all right, well, maybe this is a redemption arc. Like, she's not ready. She got her ass whooped by a monster. She's dressed like Zatanna from the fucking DC Comics. Like, you know, like one of the magical people in, uh, in, in you know, the comic book world. Uh... Maybe this is just like put you on your ass and you fall and you know you get back up, right? And then like maybe that still is the case. Maybe this still is a path with me. I don't think she's necessarily just going to turn heel um, because of the dark one necessarily. There's still room to figure this out, and that's the intrigue in it. Um, but dark Order comes right out there. Dark order comes quick, out. Um, quick Brody recruiting. Comes out. Yes. Quick. Yeah, like we uh, do not play. Yeah, like. Um, I think it's World War Z where like zombies like that they're zombies but like they move fast they don't they, they don't move slow they move like normal human beings and, and it kind of freaks you out it's like the second you lose bro you always have to look to the back like it's the NWO in the 90s like where's the interference comes like oh no someone lost where is Dark Order and it's it is, it's it's <laughs> I'm glad that that element is back because like that was one of the things I liked about the Dark Order after they went to the the whole incel cult gimmick or whatever else was like like anyone that lost has to We're look eligible. to the back and have they head on the because they might get attacked or they might get recruited and if you don't if you if you don't act right when it comes to recruitment you might get jumped too so I'm glad that the element is back and it was like if you lose all right Cabana keep keep it up you stand uh, too close yeah. Look, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, th- in AEW, there is no room for losers. <laughs> there is none. <laughs> this cult will come you get you if you cult. lose. You and that dark, that dark order zone is back. This, all this does is it just adds to wins and losses mattering. It's not just like I want to win to you know improve my career or chase down this goal. Is I don't want this cult coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I really do. I really yeah, do. And I, I, I'm I interested to see what they do with Cabana. Um, because I know he's tagging with um with yeah. uh, Brody Lee next week, right? Yeah. Who's that against? I, uh, against Sunny Kiss and Joey Janela. That's gonna be really interesting. Um, yep. and you know we we'll still see what happens. What what comes to be seen with um the Anna J part of it. Right, and um, so and Abaddon's like another like monster. I don't know if she's babyface. I don't know if she's a heel. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but like she's a monster. We'll see what goes from there. Uh, MJF and Billy. So they, I feel like they wasted a week with MJF. They did a nice little like two week storyline here with Billy. But um, I just saw MJF have a four and a half star match with with the Jungle Boy on pay per view. Just felt kind of just like it felt Side, like a waste. Side it was quest. just like yeah, it Side was like just like what the fuck are we doing here? Like this this guy can be doing more than fighting fifty six year old Billy Gunn. <laughs> Side question. That's all it is. Yeah, wasn't wasn't my uh, most enjoyable um, match. It was every fucking gimmick in the book. Yeah, uh, I, and what so, I will say is like I I, I want Billy Gunn versus Warlow though. I don't know if you want that though because like Warlow's not as big as Billy. He's not. No, Billy Gunn's mm-hmm. bigger than him. Well, it'll be more. It'll be even more impressive when he beats him inside of like four minutes. Yeah, Bryce? have him take have him have him take the move uh, off the top the knee. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Take take the war the war triggers what they're calling it, right? Or right. is that something we call it? I don't know. Uh, I, I think that's something we call it. But okay. Uh, so after the match, Warlow, MJF, and Jungle Boy, who still hate each other, 
Um, they had a, uh, a pull apart brawl with Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt, and yes. they're finally doing the Warlow Luchasaurus um, uh, lumberjack match next week that was advertised months ago. I for, totally forgot. I totally forgot. Um, I thought they, I thought they were doing about to do a tag, but you know, either one works for me. Either one works for me. <clears throat> so, um, all throughout the night, Britt Baker has been, um, you know, just <laughs> the best. just the best, uh, the best. Just entertaining. There was she had a literal clothesline built, like it was kind of like a pulley device that would send messages up to Shivani, and he was reading them off during the tag title match or whatever. Um, then stealing, he eventually- stealing focus from top Correct. guys <laughs> amazing <laughs> amazing um then um tony ended up interviewing her and he started the interview by announcing that penelope ford and carl Shida for the women's title was official for fighter fest uh brit said that ford's only getting the shot because she's hurt and Britt got pissed at Tony and said they're on a friendship timeout. And then, uh, you know, Tony's going to be pissed or TNC is going to be pissed at Tony for losing the interview. Then uh, Britt told Reba, you know, to roll her away. But then Big Swole, you know, stuck her head around was like, where to Brittany? And was it Brittany know, or where to doctor? Oh, where to doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Brittany would have been would have been great because you know you you know you know is that one you already know either when you know where this is from. It's clearly the Undertaker abducting Stephanie, but yes. whatever. Like, is a great callback. I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> were, you, were you worried that like I don't know how this whole apparatus is rigged up, but like I hope like Brit don't come tumbling off the top. Oh my god! I was I, I, I was I was concerned. I, was like, I don't know how this thing is adjusted or strapped in or whatever else. But like, please don't let nothing bad happen. And luckily, nothing bad happened. So, yeah. Uh, then Cody came out for his open challenge. Um, yep. So uh, loads and loads and loads and loads of pyro uh, shoot off and in, <laughs> inside the stadium. Uh, he said the Ariston is lonely at the top. He said when Hager beat him up last week, he noticed that there were no members of the elite or Nightmare family came to his aid. Then he wondered if he was still in the elite or. If the Nightmare family was still a family, <clears throat> he began babbling about, you know, something because he clearly lost track of what the fuck he was talking about. And he handed it over to Arn. Uh, Arn basically cut a promo. He said, time is everything. And the time for the match with Hager at Fighter Fest just isn't right. And nonetheless, Arn said he does have an opponent for Cody tonight, someone who would be a good test that he could test his skills against. And now this whole situation... Reminded me of a movie that <clears throat> you guys may all be familiar with. Um, it feels like Rocky Three, right here. Uh, Cody is out here fighting these setups uh, week to week. He he fought a geek that won a battle royal that has never that does not have a signature win in the promotion in week one, and fucking uh, busts his own head to the white meat to beat him. Then he fights uh, essentially a young, the equivalent of a young boy that is a tag team wrestler that has a tag broke up specialist. leg. Correct. A, a tag I think that's his first time he had a match, a singles match in, in number three of years. years. Right? Yeah. Yes, three years knowing the man was injured going into the match, and you had set the match with him anyway. Uh, and then this one, we're literally pulling guys off of the streets, James. Like, literally, like, just people, you know. Uh, he's fighting tomato cans, uh, and Arn's trying to protect this man because for he he knows deep down that 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 this man he ain't really you know he ain't really it. Are you done writing fanfic? This is what's happening. 
you know, so these you are the really facts. Think that, like, you think hey, like, like Sinbad, oh, these are the facts. Well, my question is this. Do you think after after that performance and that match that like Ricky Starks will not be some type of impact uh, player in AEW? Because after watching that match, I would make him an impact player. Look, this ain't about Ricky Starks. <laughs> this, this is about Cody. This man brought in Ricky Starks thinking he was a no one off the street. That's what that's what Arn tried to do. Okay, okay, I'm glad you retrofitted what you were saying because now, now I can I can rock with what you're saying now. But like, but before I'm just like, nah, man, like Ricky Starks is, is I, that's my first time ever seeing him, and he was damn good. Like, um, I I still think that um, the the weekly thing is an issue for me, but. He has, but Cody is definitely right at the ship with these last two title matches. Like, if he's going to wrestle like this every week, I am more than happy to see him wrestle every single week. If he's going to wrestle like this, but that thing he did with um with uh, Jungle Boy, that can fuck off. <laughs> so yeah, I like this match. I thought it was a fine regular match. Uh, but there was a, a a video package with Ricky Starks, very good talker. Um, if you've seen some of his videos, I think he has a thread. Um, pinned to his Twitter, like Ricky Starks promos, you can you know go out and watch him. But he's uh, he put himself as the hottest free agent, uh, put himself over as the hottest free agent in wrestling. Uh, then he came out, and what w- what is this again, James? I, I I didn't think a like people told me AEW didn't sign black wrestlers. Like I don't, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that that has been a critique, and I'm glad they are working in st- in, in in ways to try to alleviate those concerns. Um, I, I, one thing I will say is uh, the Ricky Starr thing. I think it's interesting that like he was a former uh, NWA TV title champion, and then, like he yeah. immediately goes after the TNT championship that is effectively a TV championship, even though they even though they say it's not. I, I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, it's as far as um, the, the criticism. Um, it's still there, and it's not really going to change until you know um, somebody gets a sustained push, um, and or or a number of people get sustained pushes over time. Um, whether it's you know the Scorpio Sky thing that they pick up and drop, or Ricky Stars coming in right now and seeing where he fits in um, in the you know the pecking order amongst that upper mid card type of thing. Uh, I don't. How old is Ricky Starks? He's on that program that uh, that Darby Allen oh, program you, in Austin Theory. That Austin Theory program. We don't know how old he is. I don't even. I don't think he's thirty, <laughs> but I don't think he's twenty five either. I think he's like twenty eight. Okay. Um. So so yeah. Uh. Yeah, I thought it was a really good performance. I can't see. I can't wait to see what he does in the future. Um. Hopefully, it's good things. Uh. But. Yeah. Um. Enjoyed the match. Enjoyed the last two Cody defenses. Um. I wonder if they are really seriously going to do this next week. Do you know what the situation is next week? Is it announced he's going to have a, another defense? Yeah, I mean, he he said like <laughs> he's going to be defending the belt. So I, I, I know, but I'm still having a hard like I'm still trying to figure out like how is he going to do this without like burning without burning out or turning through too much of the roster slash. Um, there being overexposure concerns with Cody and also just like um, me and Floyd talked about this as far as like given the people that he's wrestling he can't be everybody's signature career breakthrough win you know two three four years from now 
mm-hmm. like there's a lot of tread on there's supposed to be lots of tread on this Cody tire to be able to do this over the next five years. And if he's gonna be putting people over in the future over these next few five years, like that's going to hurt his potential power when he already or his you know star power when he's already at this level. Like obviously he's already a quote unquote star in, in um in AEW, so like he can he can eat some L's, but like the way this is the the way this bank account is getting set up is setting up for that man to be like, you know, three years from now it's gonna be an empty when like when Darby uh, comes and gets comes and gets what's owed to him when Ricky Starr comes and gets what's owed to him when Jungle Boy comes and gets owed to him when Boy, Mark Quinn Isaiah Cassidy MJF is like, hey man, that's a lot of giving back you plan on doing, Cody. Like, Look, you know, that you man's gotta, record is thirteen and one this year. So <laughs> I get what you're saying, but. He's a top guy, and I'm okay with a top guy having a top record. Like, uh, um, Moxie has a record that just as good or even better, right? Right. Like, but but my thing is like, the thing should be that like some of these career wins should be spread out amongst like having, you know, some of these guys, you know, eventually get a win over Moxley. Someone eventually gets a win over Jericho. Besides other top guys, someone eventually gets a win over. Kenny, whenever he gets, you know, freed in singles, whatever else. You got to spread this out amongst them. Not everybody's, you know, not every, you know, mid-card young dude's career win needs to be Cody. That doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Do you disagree? What, do you disagree or do you think I'm, I'm over? I'm overthinking this? Um, I think it's just a function of how the promotion is being set up, which I don't agree with. <laughs> what, what, what do you fundamentally don't agree with? Cody. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, man, he's at worst the the fourth biggest star in the company. He's at worst the fourth biggest star in the company. I don't really have a problem with him being positioned where he's beating people left and right that are below him. Um, do I think that him being in the TNT thing and doing it weekly like exposes like exactly what that is? Yeah, that's the reason why I was kind of I was always been cautious about this and when I'm asking about like the weekly thing. And that's why I always talked about, like, you know, how they talked about they're, they're willing to, you know, outsource some of these L's. And I, like, definitely outsource some of these L's. You can't be beating all these young dudes. But aside from the uh, the Jungle Boy one, it's worked so far. The last two have worked for me, so I, I'm okay with it so far. But we'll, we'll see what's on deck because I know what's look, over the mountain. Look, I mean... That is Hager. Hager. Yeah, Hager's a real issue. The issue isn't necessarily Cody as much as it is. No one wants to see fucking Cody versus Hager. I watch Cody versus Youngboy. There's no fuck shit all day at this point. But Hager, I'm I'm sure I can find that on the the WWE Network somewhere. I'm sure I can. On on a main event or on a superstar somewhere. I'm sure I can. Yeah, good times. Um, Or the bottom of an hour on a Raw. Yeah, it's gonna be on the bottom of the hour at Fighter Fest, depending on uh, what's booked. So, um, Young Bucks against Super Bad Squad. I think it went a little bit long, but um, you know, I think a lot of I was looking around. A lot of people liked this match. Um, I thought it was okay, but you know, I like my fast paced Young Bucks match matches more than their uh, more cerebral matches. Um, Oh yeah, this yeah, that's right. Like I was thinking to myself, like what happened in this match? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Matt was selling the back and the ribs. That's right. 
Yeah. So um, I think uh, Nick Jackson may have uh, dipped into his hair in the founder of regeneration. Uh, uh, he's on the Kazarian. It, he's on the look, Jericho. It, look, I'm saying like I remember the first time I saw him looking weak was like Fighting Spirit Unleashed 2018. Right? <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Time out, time out. 2018. Is that the Cow Palace show? No, um, that's the long the Long Beach show after Dominion. Okay, okay, okay. So the um, first time I saw him looking weak was then. Right? He looked strong this week. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> Good for him. So, so I don't know what happened, but uh, he looked strong this week. That's all I'm gonna say. Good for him. Uh, but Matt and Nick ended up getting the win with the uh, stereo kind of Kamagoyes. They called it the BTE trigger. But um, let's see. Uh, the Butcher and Blade, of course, jumped them after the match. I'm digging the Butcher and the Blade's all white look uh, still. <laughs> Um, I hipster butcher is like ridiculous to me. It's hilarious. <laughs> like Why? because it's like one, he's wearing a nine-inch nail shirt, which is like that is so nineties. Uh, he has the glasses and the beanie on. It's Bro, like, the, the absurd mustache. Like, right. It's like like either a, a gimmick, a like, whole gimmick. Like, look, it's a gimmick that like it's a gimmick on top of gimmick because like. In theory, he looks like he still looks like a butcher, but he looks like a butcher from like. Brooklyn, like gentrified Brooklyn. Now. <laughs> like it's just it's it's really interesting what he's doing. And I'm trying to figure out like if this is intentional or is this like or what what is going on? Right. Like ever since this whole white thing, I'm kind of been like I don't I, I want answers, but like I don't know if I want answers enough to where like that should get like TV time. You know. What I'm <laughs> Like, I kind of want, like, there to be a BTE skit and then you tell me about where they explain what the fuck's going on. That's kind of what I want, wow. but, like, I don't want, but I don't want to watch BTE either. <laughs> but I'm interested to see what's going on. I don't, it's, it's really it's just silly. Like, all they did was call it white, but it's like, it's like, wait, I don't, what did this, what did, what happened here? Was, is, there's no change in the gimmick either. They're still, like, bad guys. That's, what, that's, what, that's funny to me. It's like, what's going on? You guys um, like so- geeks. So the Bucks um, hit the blade with the Indy Taker at the same time uh, FCR did the Spike Pile Driver. So kind of that small underlying, like, hey, maybe we're not that much different than you know we think. We both have these similar type moves, uh, even though you know the Bucks did, could have done the Melter Driver and put that shit to shame, but they they chose the Indy Taker. Um, uh, then of course we got that Taz and Brian Cage stuff we uh, talked about earlier. Body uh, stuff, awesome, the best, um, <laughs> like. So like I was like I saw Brian Cage talking about how much he li- was a fan of Canyon and it makes perfect sense because mm, Canyon the 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 innovator of offense and you know yes. the innovator I, of offense that have that has no like storytelling was whatever I'm just out here to do moves moves baby moves on top of moves on top of moves don't be wrong the moves were nice but it's like I right, was the story of the match we just did shit bro like when people it's funny because like. You hear, you know, I hear Cornette is, is shat on the Young Bucks and just generation for the video game. Russ is like, where where were you when Kane was out here in 99 going ham? Where were you? How come you didn't save the day then? Why didn't, you, why didn't you get on the phone to call? Or I don't know if he had a good relationship with Laurinaitis at the time when Laurinaitis was, you know, coming off of All Japan and doing some of that. Uh, producing or whatever agenting but it's like how come you didn't reach into your re- into your resource say hey you need to tell this asshole to calm down on tv right now <laughs> I, 
you know, I, I never heard. I'm not one thing I've ever heard him talk about Canyon, but Canyon was inventing. Yeah, oh, here. <laughs> inventing. You know, he he, he certainly was. He certainly was doing something new. He certainly was. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then they they talked about next week they're going to be doing Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy next week. Uh, Brody Lee and Cabana against Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, Warlow, and Luke Storrs. Uh, FTR versus Natural Nightmares and John Moxley is going to be in action. So that's probably a squash match. Um, then we found uh, you know uh, we got an update of Britt Baker. She was in the trash. Um, she was basically just you know doing more comedy with Reba in the trash. Or rebel, um, she says she's gonna sue Big Swole uh, and and beat her if it's the last thing she does. So uh, I'm just glad she didn't uh, call the police on Big Swole. So um, I'm yeah, there's that, and um, I'm glad that they're picking this back up. Um, yeah. You know, they, they 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 were doing that stuff, you know, months ago. Um, you know, back when there were still audiences, and you know, Swole wasn't around at the time because of you know, the beginning of uh, the quarantine stuff, and I was wondering if they were going to pick it back up. And I'm glad they, I'm glad they have. <clears throat> then, of course, we got best friends uh, taking on uh, Jericho and Sam Guevara, and they ended up getting the win. Uh, you know, to retain their tag team title shot at Fighter Fest, we're getting best friends against Hangman and Kenny. Um, this match was okay. Um, I thought that Sammy was awesome. Very awesome. Um, I, I'm. This is the most heelish thing that Juice, or sorry, the Orange Cassie has ever done. It was the most <laughs> heelish thing he ever done. We could have gotten Jericho and Sammy, Z- Sammy Zane and Sammy Guevara versus Hangman and Kenny Omega. Maybe the idea is we put the kibosh on that, and we you know put that little idea in your brain, and we'll eventually like do that at you know some other actual pay per view. But like that would have been so fun. That would have been so fun to watch. But it wasn't in the cards apparently. So we get the best friends. They're gonna have a hell of a match. You know what the best with Grant friends are. They are another version of SCU. No, no, SCU is way more. I to me, way more exciting, way more engaging. Wait, 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 wait. You mean like in this last six months? Just just in general. In general, I agree with you, but last six months, mm, I think you know it's kind of close. Um. It feels like SCs, they're just green beans. Or, excuse me, uh, the best friends are just green beans. Like, we have to have some green beans here uh, <laughs> with this. And it's like, okay. Um, Look, man, I mean, we've had the match with Kenny and, and Trent, um, you know, a couple months back. And that was a yeah. great match. And, like, honestly, we know that's going to carry most of, the, most of the, the day with this match. And, like, it's not like, you know, Chucky sucks or is bad or is even average. He's a good wrestler, and like Hangman's a very good damn wrestler. So it's like, I think we have a great match. Do you? Yeah. Think, like, obviously, it's like I know you're feeling just like it leaves you cold, but like ultimately, you know, like they're gonna they're gonna kill it. Yeah, well, that's gonna be fine. But like, you. I get like you. the best don't excite me. Like, I get you. Because <laughs> obviously, the most important, the most you know, the the, the draw is actually Orange Cassidy. Look, <laughs> he has to worry about Jericho. Friend, right. The best friends bore me. <laughs> 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 um, 
but yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, Orange Cassidy was dressed up as a cameraman the whole time. And uh, you knew it the second the second you saw that uh, that reach to the ring. You're like, oh, he's a cameraman. Yeah. And, and sure enough, he comes out. You know, and it's good good for them. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and the the angle they did uh, at the end, Orange Cassidy beat Jericho down. They announced the match. Yep. So, um, yeah, that was it. <laughs> uh, it, was a, it was all right, show. You know, that, I don't. I didn't think it was good as last week, but it's still, you know, very, pretty good overall. Yeah. So, um, as far as NXT goes, um, woohoo! What? Uh, I, I'm just thinking about the vomit. You know. Yeah. Um, now I heard. I heard about the vomit, but the vomit in context, I don't hate it. I. It's it's the bottom. It's is jobber shit. Who cares? Like it's for Aaliyah versus Zia Lee. It's a pandemic. And <laughs> he's spitting all over the ring. That's true. That is true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> That's the first um, thing I thought. When but, I, saw, uh, I just saw the spin. I'm like, and this is fresh off the news of WWE having to test people or whatever for the for the fucking uh, first time or whatever. Well, you, and gotta, I'm, well, you gotta remember, right? Like that that show wasn't in the can. That was a show that was taped. That show aired live. That show was done live, so like they had already, they had actually got their testing the day before. Mm. So like, I get what you're saying. Like, if if this had been a tape, you'd be like, oh my god, you guys. I, I are so feel like the timelines are like, it, it, like <laughs> I, I get you. I get it's you. It's all look, blended look, up now. You have I don't every, know what's look, live. You, I don't know what's taped. You have every right to not to not trust them. So it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I get. I look. I. I get why you're like that, but like, yeah, the case is like they actually had got those COVID tests for the first time the day before this actually um, happened. But it's still it's still spitting into the fucking ring, and you know that I, I know they changed the match between every single match, but you know, um, whatever. Uh, anyway, I well, thought I don't know why I'm tripping. They're just gonna use some of the Triple H magic spray anyway, so like it'll, it'll be fine. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Um, my general thoughts on the show was um, the non-wrestling stuff, like the stuff that was done outside of, like the promo stuff was all very, very good on this episode. Um, I don't know, you know, given what we've seen, I don't know and quite get why, aside from Sasha and Bailey uh, coming back and for a title of his, I really don't know why this show did so well viewership-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't see the pattern to see how it held up, but I know that it did. It did win the main event against AEW, but like outside of that, like I, you know, because you know they say most of these shows that have, even if it's good, you know, non wrestling stuff, like it will still, you know, lose ratings. People will but, tune out, yeah. right? But like, yeah. So, but like this stuff had a lot of really good non wrestling stuff, non match stuff, but. So I, but I it's held up, which is like I don't know if it's just people, are, you know, because of this government government telling everybody to go back to your regular lives in spite of um, this health crisis. <laughs> um, if that just means people are just going back and just going back to the pre uh, pre quarantine um, watching habits, I don't know. But uh-huh. but, it's, but it is weird. It's like the Wednesday shows are getting back their audience, but. Monday and Friday ain't getting their show, ain't getting their audience back. Quite interesting. Quite mm. interesting. Mm. Um, it might be the people going to go back and watch some good shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, 
the show opens with a NXT tag match between Imperium versus Breezango. Um, pretty good match. Nothing to really like write home about. Um, Indu Sheer with Michael Bivens come out um, towards the end of the match. Uh, the uh, uh, Oni and Lorkin fight those two at the um, on the on the floor to stop the interference. Um, you get Fandango does a flip dive onto them. Uh, the old Seth Rollins. Uh, and then he gets back. I'm sorry. Then Breeze gets in the ring and uh, rolls up in the, in all the cl- all the ridiculous stuff. Like rolls up the wrong guy. If we got like who the legal man was, the right legal man ended up um, getting the pin. Um, so champs retain and still. Um, let's see. You get Velveteen gets interviewed. They ask him about you know. Um, Tom Phillips asked him, yo, hey man, like, you know, you can never be NXT champion as long as Cole's champion. What's your next move? Dream pulls, uh, the, he does another, Dream has the memory of that. Um, and talks about, uh, I bet Velveteen got <laughs> no memory of a lot of shit. I bet he doesn't. Um, and then, uh, while he's sitting on the couch, the purple couch, uh, I almost called him Sam Shaw. Uh, Loomis comes behind him and he's been drawing these pictures, right? He puts, he comes behind him and lays a picture of them next to each other holding the tag belts. And then, um, Dream looks down and sees it after, you know, wants to pay attention. And it's like, this, don't get this twisted. This is not happening. Like, I know he helped me and I helped him in a match, but like, this is not a thing. And it's like, they're clearly doing the Rock and Saw connection. They're clearly doing, oh, obviously, like, uh, um, obviously, Loomis isn't as lame as Mankind is for the Rock to bully him, but like, that's clearly what they're doing. They're doing an odd match where like, dude is too cool for school that wants to hold against him. Eventually, they're going to, you know, come together. And like, you look at what I just said with Breezango, Imperium, uh, Indu Sheer, and Oni and Lorcan is like, of course they're making them detached. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. we're not dumb. Like, Think about it. Like, what like, were they, they doing? To, they about to have Imperium carry them niggas. Like, right, and then like, lose to them. Right. And then it's also it's like, we know what you were planning on doing this division for the for this, you know, this time of the year when you had Riddle and you had Dunn, but then the COVID happened and Dunn had to go away. Like, you're clearly just like, all right, well, let's make another, uh, you know, star drop top guy with another person or whatever else and make an odd pairing. You're clearly just doing that again. And they're going to rely on the charisma of the of Velveteen Dream. How they rely on the charisma of Rebel at the time. That's clearly where they're headed. Um, so, yeah. um, go from there. Damian Priest shows up. Um, he pulls up to the to the full, to full cell in a Dodge Challenger, and I'm just like, that ain't your car. <laughs> that is not your car. <laughs> this is not. Um, he pulls up. He parks it. In the background, you see uh, Cameron Grimes look and see him get out of his car, and he's like, you see him doing something mischievous. So he, like, makes a face or whatever else. They don't point it out. You just see it in the background, which is good on them. Um, Priest fights Killian Dane. So, Killian, so how, did, how did Damon Priest turn babyface? I told you. I told you, Rich. That was happening. I told you. Did I, did I, did I not tell you that they're going to turn babyface off of the quote-unquote performance at, 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 uh, in your house? I told you, didn't I? Bro, that is such a lame as fuck. Like, nigga, you. I don't care about your yeah. moment of wrestling Finn Balor, like, he, on a fucking takeover. Uh, no, 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 not even that, Rich. He attacked Finn Balor um, in storyline, then attacked him in the middle of a grinds match with a, with a nightstick, 
and then he fought Finn Balor. Finn Balor beat him justly. They had a moment where they both do their pose in front of you like it's a video game taunt simultaneously. And then now he's a babyface or whatever else. That's exactly what happened. So, so in the, the middle of the match... Dumbest booked shit I've ever heard. Like, why? Like, there, there, there's no moment of, like... Where he was conflicted, like the manager wasn't stealing his money. Uh, there was a, there wasn't a more evil no. heel to come Here along. Like is. this, is what it is. He turned babyface because when he punched out Cameron Grimes, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? That was his baby. That was his babyface turn. Boy, that the, super duper weekend sucks, but look, that was his babyface turn in their eyes. The the hated heel, the the reviled Cameron Grimes just had to have somebody put him in his place. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, you got to remember <laughs> this company and this Booker and that family thinks that being a babyface or being a good guy is when you beat up people when they're at weak points. Like remember, you remember the the when Rhea threw uh, Robert Stone in the trash can a couple weeks ago, or or like yeah, oh, last week actually I think it was threw him in the trash can when he was desperate and was a drunk or whatever. I was talking about like you know uh, you know it, we're we're both down on luck right now. It could be me and you, Rhea, and you said yeah, it could be me and you. Come walk with me, and then threw his ass in the trash. Why? Because that's how Vince McMahon sees himself, and and he thinks that's why what people like. He wants winners, and winners are bullies. That's exactly what this is. That's exactly what this is. And we've been talking about this with Vincent Manism for 20 years of professional wrestling. That's the reason. And look, and the reason why I slid, like we talk about all this stuff when they make these mistakes. Because The Rock got overall being an asshole to Kevin Kelly and Michael Cole and, the, and Coach for, for, for all them years. Because it was The Rock. Stop relying on The Rock's exceptionalism to, to band-aid and make you think that was the game plan. No, he made that bullshit work. So they only learn those lessons. They right. don't learn any of the other ones. Right. It, it's Man, either- why, why don't why don't they watch Dusty Rose turn babyface <laughs> or something? They got the fucking video. Because, like, uh, because like, that like, was- why, like motherfuckers went crazy for that right. shit. Like But Rich, you gotta remember, that wasn't their idea, so they never wanna <laughs> go with it. <laughs> no matter if it works or not. You know, watch uh, how they turn the fucking Macho Man baby face like at WrestleMania 7, like, you know, figure some shit out, you know. But Rich, that takes a bit of time that like they they just don't have anymore. Like the I understand you saying like I understand you like think of this guy, this dude, you know, created Hulkamania, this dude created the Macho Man, this dude helped create Ultimate Warrior, this dude helped create uh, Austin, John Cena, Batista, all of that. I get exactly what you're saying. You know, even even Daniel Bryan, he helped create. He fucked it up until he cor- corrected course going into WrestleMania uh, 30. I get what you're saying. One, that guy is no longer here, and all these no moments, and all these yeah, and all these specific moments are like these moments that they think like these are now the rules, supposed to be exceptions when we made mistakes and we had the course correct. Look at Becky Lynch. Yikes! You know what I'm saying? Like. That's where we are. Right, look, like, it, 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 like ultimately, at the end of the day, it's f- fucking Damian Priest on the NXT. But it's just like this is a microcosm. Like no one fucking cares. Like why would I? Why do I cheer him now? Yeah, because he had a because like a good wrestler had a because a a very good wrestler had a great match in like story, but story wise, character wise, nothing was built towards that. Like he went into the match as a heel, and he comes out like. Losing violently in a in a match that he 
like he gunned for by beating up the guy and the guy sent him packing. No, fuck him. He's an asshole. Like, that man's actually a LeBron James, you bum of the week candidate, actually. <laughs> oh, for, for that, that then, yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but then anyway, in the match, he starts the match out and immediately, you know, because remember that spot he had on the still steps, he sells the back. Um, he works underneath the whole time. He, he, he comes through and he eventually he ends up winning. Um, and... Oh, another thing of note with uh, Damian Priest, because remember he was doing the Razor Edge a bunch? Yeah. Uh, and that, and in your house match, we were like, it's clearly a play on Razor Ramon. He came down to the ring with a leather vest, a black leather vest, and and he had, like, remember the the black, remember the blood, the outsider's blood uh, at the top of the vest yeah. on, on Razor Ramon? It was just gray. It was dark gray. But they're clearly positioning him as, like we talked about, you're Triple Latino H- and H- tall, just like, you know, we had Scott Hall slash Razor Ramon playing Latino and it was tall. And it's Triple H like, you're like Hall. Like, like, oh my God, Triple H is the worst. Oh, oh man. Um, yeah, so let's see where I left off. He'd be looking at Johnny. You're Sean. You stupid. <laughs> So they come down to commercial break. Look at Chompa. You're me. Oh, my God. So they come back to commercial break, and they show a replay of Damian Pre Not Damian, sorry. Uh, Kelly and Dan after losing the match, walking um, away, walking back up the ramp. And, well, side note, it's interesting that, like, about a year ago this time, he was beating Matt Riddle. Remember that? Yeah, Killian Dane. Oh, yeah, man. All right. So fast forward back to what we were talking I about. I ain't ever got nothing to do with him. Yeah. So would you on your own? <laughs> I wouldn't. No. He's, I just have him. He's like monster that you beat along the way um, for a baby face. So anyway, as he's walking back in frustration, he punches one of the uh, plexiglasses. And the plexiglass he punches is. Robert Stone drunk off his ass and almost like in a basically he's asleep drunk leaning against the plexiglass and he punched it and it woke him up and he's like disheveled his shirt's halfway open he hair's a mess it's a, it's a further continuation of ever since Chelsea left him he he he's he is basically turned into a full on alcoholic down his luck person and, and honestly like comedy wise it is hilarious because he's doing a good job making it look funny as opposed to sad so. <laughs> Out comes Alcoholism. Zaya, out comes Zaya Lee. It's not. It hasn't. It has been happening long enough for it to become a. Look, say it actually is. As opposed to keep him away from Jeff Hardy. It, <laughs> 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 oh my God! Why am I laughing about this? this? Is terrible. Terrible. Okay. Anyway, Zaya Lee comes out. Is it is Zaya Lee versus Ali again? Nigga, how long have they been feuding? Nigga, since like November. <laughs> Since November, they've had like four matches or uh, since she November. Never end. Anyway, so Aaliyah comes out. Remember, Aaliyah was desperate to be in the Robert Stone brand when Chelsea was there. So Aaliyah comes out. They show Robert Stone basically on the floor, passed out, like in the corner. And as she comes out, she looks to her right and sees him. And she's like, "Get your ass up! Come to ringside with me." They have the match. Zia Lee, like, Zia Lee is so much better she has any right to be. And it made me think of, like, Zia Lee, Casey, and um, Caden Carter. 
not Cross, Caden Carter. And it made me think, like, if they were in Japan, or if they were somewhere where they could get, like, 75 matches a year, they'd be so good. Or if they were in AEW, they'd be so valuable in AEW right now as people that, like, TV quality workers right now, but they're, they're prelimers in this division. And I don't know if they'll ever break through because they're all, you know, short. They all fight each other. Um, or they all fight Aaliyah. They're, kind, they're, they're basically all in that, that, you know, the bottom of that prelim division. I don't see them ever breaking through. Like, they have a vignette later in the show for um, Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, and she gonna leapfrog them immediately right. as she should. And, and, and before, right, and even before that, like when the one time they had, um, one of the times they had Mercedes Martinez on, like she beat the hell out of Casey Cazzaro. She beat her ass, right? So it's like we they're not gonna go back on that, <laughs> you know, um, like that. She's you know gonna, what? She should build up Mercedes as EO's next challenger. Um, I think one, I think they're going to, I think they're going to put her in there and she's going to eventually like, you know, get takeover matches, whatever else. Like, I think she easily can slide into upper mid card, you know, possibly a gate, gatekeeper type of, um, person. Um, but yeah, so they have the match. Zaya just is Chris striking as usual. Looks really good. Looks really confident. Um, they do the spot. They do a spot where. They do the spot with the vomit or whatever else, and then uh, Zia Lee gets schooled. Boyd, um, she kicks, and then she t- and then the lead turns another cover, and actually gets to win off that. And I guess they're you know bottom of the barrel Robert Stone brand, but like Robert Stone like tried to celebrate on the apron after that happened, and he like fell off the apron because he's like you have to see it. Like it, I know it sounds terrible, but it is kind of funny and it's not like to the point to where like this is real alcohol as opposed to like this is a down on the loser right now um anyway uh moving on from there okay they do a vignette um where last week they they thatcher said we're gonna do thatch as thatch can wrestling they what (laughs) listen Rich, if you listen, they show him with a bunch of PC geeks, and he shows them submission wrestling, and he says, "This so is he, a, so he's Stu Hart now, kind of." And it was fun, <laughs> kind of. He's like, he's like, "This is a Fujiwara armbar." You see, you see, you see, if you see where I have it now, this is where at this angle, this is where it start you start to feel pain. But if you regrip. And adjust your hips. You can get it. You can get the angle higher. Dude starts tapping out, right? He said, but but if you really want to get if you really want to get good at this, you, you extend even further. He start dude starts tapping furiously or whatever else, right? So then he turns it. So then he um he starts doing a this is a double wrist lock, Komura. He's like, if this is like the angle where it gets really bad on the shoulder, but. If you are able to wrap your 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 leg around his arm, you can get more more uh, leverage. He's dude starts talking about the same thing, and he's like, "Those are just two. Come back, y'all. Clearly, that was just a warm up. Come back and stop crying or whatever else." And then the people like the young boys start walking off. I thought like he's such a bully asshole. It, like in a way, like this is something that they would have done for Chris Benoit 
back in the day. That's how. I, that's how. Wow. I, that's how much I like. Like obviously the connotations of you know the murderer guy. I'm talking about before them, before the murderer stuff. Like this was very impressive. It made you think so, like is is you know it's kind of like remember. Are you Tyler Bates? It was very similar to the Are yeah. You Tyler Bates? It's like just beat up young boys. So you can get over beating up young boys. It's been proven in NXT. So so are they gonna have to drop this immediately because like they're showing abusive trainers? <laughs> no, no, he's he's a bad guy. Keep beating up these punks. <laughs> so like this is like his Ganya metrics, you know? This what? Ganya metrics. What's that? Well, so it's a little bit different, but Vern Ganya is on WWE Network. Vern Ganya had this workout system called Ganya Metrics, uh-huh. where he would tell people how to work out, essentially. And then <laughs> it, it's like, like all black and white. Yes. Or like he would have people working out, like just functional strength shit, like pushing up on uh, door, like the openings of doors and mm-hmm. shit. Like for like, like, yeah, if you hold it and push up for like, 45 seconds it's a full body workout or some shit like that like <laughs> you have to see it it's hilarious yes it, it, it's like jack, it's like his version of jack lane oh, or whatever God. so wow. got metrics like plyometrics bro is jack lane still alive i wouldn't be shocked I mean, he, he was up there like last i checked he was in, like his 90s he, i don't know i ain't gonna google it he probably never mind i, can't I, will, like, I will check but yeah i'm gonna say like he probably did then it's terrible like <laughs> Um, yeah, Lane died in uh, 2011, James. Wow. How old did he die at? He was... Let's see. Riveting radio. I don't know if he yes. know this stuff. Yes. Uh, he was born in 1914, died in 2011, so he was 97 years old. I told you, Jack Lane was up there, bitch. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. R.I.P. Um, so, yeah, he was really up there. Oh, wow. Um... Eaten right in heaven. So, yeah. So then we get undisputed, and undisputed is doing this thing where like Roddy is still shook over the Loomis shit from from getting thrown in the trunk at in your house, uh, which makes no sense to me because uh, Fish was also thrown in the trunk too. Fish doesn't give a fuck. I don't know. Maybe it's like I'm too old for this shit. Like maybe that's what it is. I'm too old to be scared of this bullshit. Whatever. But um, they're like, look, man, we gotta. We gotta get you right, Roddy. We gonna get you take you to see a therapist. So they sit him in the therapist chair, and he, I don't know why uh, Cole and uh, and Fish are allowed to attend like Roddy's therapy time, therapy. but he's there. Uh, the, uh, Hippo violation, right? I mean, it was a hippo violation if like he didn't agree to it. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. like all three are sitting in a session, and then all of a sudden. The professor, or not a professor, I'm sorry, the therapist t- pulls down the book, uh, and, and it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just O'Reilly. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, he puts on this goofy-ass voice, I can't remember his name, uh, I can't remember the fake name he gave, but, like, he basically's like, look, man, like, he's basically trying to help him, help him out, and he's like, alright, well, you know, um... Because he's laying, Roddy's laying on the couch. You can't see him. Clearly, what they're doing is they're trying those, to trick this those, man. Those three are yes, but also like camera wise, those three are in one room, and then you know 
O'Reilly is clearly still not, you know, because diabetes is not allowed to be there. So like he's he's on a different. He's pretending to be in the same room, but they're not in like they're right. back and forth. So, so he's like, all right, well here's these uh, Rorschach uh, tests. Tell me what you see in these ink block tests. So he sees one is like it looks like you know somebody flexing their arms. So the next one you see is basically like it's a picture, and then you see like eyes, like intense looking eyes, and he's like, it's. It's Loomis. It's Loomis. And then the next one is like an ink block test, and you see uh, a trunk. And he's like, "It's a trunk. It's a trunk." He's like, and then like fish and cola. Like, bro, you tripping? Relax. It's not no fucking trunk. He's like, you know what? Aversion therapy. Fuck this. We gonna put you. We're gonna put you in the trunk so you can get over your fears. So they take him outside to the limo. They lift the trunk up. Roddy. They try to get Roddy to go into the trunk. Roddy. Roddy takes a one eighty and just starts sprinting out through the city of Orlando, out of there. Um, the, I didn't like that part, but like the part where you have fucking imposter, uh, Roddy, or sorry, uh, O'Reilly, maybe how, um, so then from there, that's how I'm talking about like these segments and not the matches. Yeah. Yeah. It so, sounds like the main roster. Good point. Uh, but it was no BS. Oh yeah. So <laughs> before, before all of this, basically they shot this thing where one guy comes out, another guy comes out, another guy comes out, another guy comes out. Cole comes out, talks about three hundred eighty something days. Out comes uh, Keith Lee. Keith Lee wants a, a title versus title match. Um, or, or sorry, uh, Cole says I I want the NXT. I want the North American title back too to be double champ because everybody wants to be champ champ. Um, out comes Gargano. He said, I pinned you last week in that tag match where I did a dastly thing and where I dropped DDTD on top of my wife. I don't give a fuck. I, I want North American title shot. And he's in the ring and he sees Cole. He's like, well, you know what? I wouldn't mind getting another piece of you too. Um, so then out comes Finn Balor. Finn Balor says, I told you last week I want a shot at your title, uh, Keith Lee. I've done everything to do in NXT. I want the title. I want the NXT North American title. And then he looks in Cole and says, you know what? Then again, and after I'm done getting that title, I'm coming after your title. I still owe you one. So outcome so so Keith Lee replies that Gargano, you know, you're a real bastard for this, all this nonsense what you did last week. It was disgusting. Like I picked up your wife and her lifeless body and I and I, I was panicked and you know what she said you know she whispered to me. You know what she said to me? She said, I haven't been touched by a man like that in years. Some alone defect of that. Johnny gets hot. Then all of a sudden everybody like about to start fighting. On the Titantron comes Regal, Regal says, um, North American triple threat match, Johnny, Finn, and uh, Keith Lee. Whoever wins that, the next week after that, or two weeks after that, double title match. Um, Why can't they just do a double gold dash? They don't have enough enough worthy people of a double gold dash. So... But they have the same amount of people. They have four people that they have involved in this. Okay, so they, okay. They, hold on, hold on. Johnny Gargano has less stakes to a double gold dash at this point than than <laughs> Tetsuya Naito did. I'm dead serious. Johnny does. Johnny don't deserve a goddamn thing. So after they bastardized the triple threat match in NXT, the last like two times they've done it with fucking goofy finishes. So is the finish to this match going to be, um, you know, Adam Cole, uh, or excuse me, not Adam Cole. Johnny Gargano has Keith Lee in the Gargano escape, and Keith Lee is pinning Finn Balor. Like, is that what's going to happen on this one? 
Nah, they just gonna ping, they just gonna ping Gargano and move on. Like what the fuck, man? Like I'm tired of these triple threat matches. Go to hell. Like yeah. Um. So oh, also a lot of this happened before all that happened backstage. They had Adam Cole stare at the uh, the hourglass. Keithley walks up and says, "Time waits for no one to smash the fucking thing." They cut backstage, show Scarlet looking at the uh, looking at the, the shattered glass, and then they clearly show. Um, uh, what's your boy's name? Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name right Cross. now. Cross. Yeah, they show Karrion Cross step on the glass, meaning like he's clearly coming for um, Keith Lee because he's pissed about breaking his fucking precious hourglass that he gave away. Whatever. Um, so then. So he's going to run into the triple threat, cause Keith Lee not to get pinned. Lee drops the belt to Finn Balor or whatever. I by don't know. By Balor pinning Gargano, and then Keith Lee gets pulled in some of the other shit. Wait, so you're saying Balor becomes champion? Yeah. That's if that happens, it will happen in that scenario, but it would not have I, I can't imagine a scenario where they make Johnny North American champion again. I can't imagine it. Um Yeah. So anyway, um I, I think what's really gonna happen is what I you know what I think is gonna happen? Keith Lee's what? going to pin Johnny Gargano, and then they're going to have a title versus title match, and that's how they get out of beating either one of them. What oh happened? yeah, Cross, you can Cross do that. Cross coming too. out and interfering and attacking. Uh, he comes out looks like he's going to be attacking Adam Cole at first, but then he attacks Keith Lee instead because Keith Lee broke his precious little hourglass that he gave away. That's what, so, that's what's going to happen. So when they're that's counter programming Fighter Fist, that's the brilliant finish. That's is this happening? Fighter Fist. Oh, these are going head to head like. Week after week, like the title NXT title match wait, wait, or the belt, wait, wait, the belt versus belt will be on the eighth. Wait, these aren't Wednesday shows. These are happening on. Uh, <coughs> wait, wait, hold on. Is Fighter Fest happening on a Wednesday or Fighter Fest is Wednesday? Like oh. it's, it's July first and July eighth. That's why they cooked this whole scenario up. Okay, I, I thought at you the last saying, minute. I thought you were saying as if like they're doing all this hot shotting to get to some magical Saturday show that never existed. Okay, all right. Okay, I get you. I'm still watching Dynamite first. <laughs> like, bro, like, no, like, like, no one's thought about the NAC and the North American belts coming together. They haven't made it a point of contention of who's the better champion. Nothing. Like, it's just um, like, well, not since, not since in your house. Like, it's clearly just to do that to fuck with AEW, like usual. Um, so let me fast forward. Oh yeah. So then basically. Um, you end up getting the oh, Dakota Kai versus Kane Carter. Um, after some interference, uh, I was like, ringside is Raquel. Kane Carter's uh, cornered by uh, Casey Canzaro. At the end, Dakota Kai wins after some interference from both sides or whatever else. Um, so at least Dakota Kai got beat somebody. Good for her. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's all the one she can get. Oh my god. They showed the vignette for uh, Mercedes Martinez said she's on the way. Uh, Bronson Reed versus Leon Ruff. Oh my god. Remember how I said like early on in the first few weeks of watching NXT UK how much I enjoyed uh, Mastiff squashes? Yeah. I love <laughs> I love these freaking uh, Bronson Reed squash matches. Bro. There's only gonna be one of them. Trucked him. Look. Trucked him, Leon Ruff. 
sentoned him, landed all on his chest, all the way landed on him, and then splashed him, and they and they both of the bodies bounced up off of the mat, and it, as the, the the boards quaked underneath the impact, it was fantastic. Um, so Bronson Reed gets on the mic and says, you know. Carrying Cross, you fucked with me a couple weeks ago or whatever else. You gave me a Saito, su- a Saito suplex. I want to smoke next week. And then he picks up Leon Ruff and carries him to the back, lets you know he's actually a good guy. Um, then you end up getting the main event. About to get destroyed next week, man. <laughs> NXT, yes, he is. NXT, but at least look, at least we can get to see, you know, Hoss fight. At least we get to see that. Like, he gonna get some licks in. That's gonna be a fun little match. Fun little five-minute match, but it's gonna be a fun match. Um, so, then you get Sasha and Bailey versus Shotzi and um, Tegan Knox. They had a good match. Uh, at the, it was paired off with Tegan versus... I'm not blanking on who was paired off. It doesn't matter. Good match. Very good match. Probably like three and a half end up uh from there you end up at the end you end up getting Sasha slapped on the bank statement against on um Shotzi uh they celebrate and then all of a sudden out come e- out comes EO EO just like comes out of nowhere and hits a springboard drop kick onto um Bailey she lays out Sasha she gives them both running knees into both corners and then she lifts up the the NXT belt after those two scram out the ring and says, this, this is my NXT. Um, so we're going to get Sasha or Bailey versus EO or both. I don't know. You I thought that I, was an angle. Huh? You thought that's an angle. What else could it be? You know what it is. <laughs> it is nothing more than, Oh shit. We brought some main roster people in here to beat, our NSC people again, but we need to have us go off the air looking kind of strong and send them running. So we'll have Eagle go out there and, you know, and run them off because, you know, um, I like could- that. It's, it's a classic like WWE does this all the time when they want to run someone off and then make them look strong. Like, I don't see no, no angle coming out of this where someone would where but. This was random. Like EO had nothing. They exactly. Never had any interaction. Like she because she she fought off you know the NXT saved the baby faces or whatever and defended the NXT from the evil main roster and there you go and that's right. how Sasha but, ba- but it wasn't no, put them but it over. Was, well, but there wasn't no fend off. Like it wasn't okay. It wasn't like they continued beating them after they already got the victory. It was like they beat them. They celebrated in the middle of the ring and then all of a sudden EO starts drop kicking them. Because EO is the winner of the segment. Like, they put her over in the match, like Sasha and Bailey. They they bring the main roster people in to beat them over. But the person standing on top, go, you know, going off uh, the air looking strong is EO Shirai. Hey, maybe you're right. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, but then again, like, I'm thinking like, that's not what they would do with Charlotte. But then again, like, they, 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 they exactly they they treat, they treat Charlotte. Charlotte a lot better than they treat Sasha or Bailey. So you might have a point. You probably have a point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I will say is, um, I, I until this conversation, I was optimistic of seeing you know a Sasha and EO match before like Vince make sure that never ever happens. So thanks, Rich, you got my hopes up. You crushed yep. my hopes. I, yep. I, I I rarely I rarely ever hope or dream on this fucking show, and you dashed it in seconds. Nah. 
Nah, cause like, th- like that's what. Thanks, like, Rich. It, it just screams it, out like, yeah, anyway, let's make sure, let's make sure right. NXT you're like right. looks strong. You're right. You know? Leave me alone. That's in. That's the end of NXT. Uh, New Japan Cup. Ah, yeah. Um, so that that first show they had, it was just like, huh? It was a show. Like it was a road two show. Um, and then like the New Japan Cup matches started happening. I like you know all the days pretty much except you know uh, I thought Yano and and uh, Jado was like abhorrent. Um, <laughs> like, get to it so oh. we can get to the good stuff. Get f- fast forward through the rest of these first two days of New Japan Cup so we can get to the two good matches, the two great matches we want to talk about. Get to it. I can't I, wait. To talk I, I don't about remember these matches. them. I don't remember them all, but um, there's like you know there's a lot of. Uh, stuff for like completionists if you're looking at it um definitely check out uh yoda suji and you of their work um who else hiromu in um uh, hanma i like that match a lot um okada and jado had me wondering uh why the fuck we actually needed jay white anymore because like uh gato like just does all the fuck shit anyway <laughs> that jay white did installed and did all this other shit so what we I, need him for? I watch these matches after y'all had already gave me recommended match, matches on what to recommend, and then after I watched the um, Suzuki and Nagata match, I thought to myself, I may, I'm, I might be into watching Okada beat the piss out of uh, Gato, and then as soon as the bell was about to ring and he takes off the 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 sling and inside the sling is mace and okada thwarted the 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 uh the macing and the mace on the floor i was like nope i'm good so i completely skipped it yeah once y'all told me to like it's a bunch of bullshit and that's how they started i was like that's energy you bring this energy i reciprocate i'm turning it Bro, off <laughs> like gato began the match by laying down like he was jeff jarrett and oh, then like okada like went to cover him and then gato attempted to, to roll up like the small package and then like laughed at okada like almost got you almost got you oh my god i would have hated that match so much <laughs> <sighs> okay. Bitch, I was dying. Okay. Can we get to it? Sure. Tomohiro Ishii versus El Desperado. Just a great fucking match. Just beat the hell out of each other. Ishii is clearly like trying to. Ishii's clearly like the superior uh, in kayfabe talent. The whole match is on Desperado to use his his show his toughness, show that he can eventually get this dude hurt, uh, work work over the leg to try to compete, and then Ishii like you know when, the best part about Ishii is he no sells so much shit that when he eventually starts selling, he's just like oh my god he's getting fucking destroyed, and then he and then he fires back up he's just like he's a fucking mo- like. I don't know how he keeps doing this to me, but like his matches is like it's almost like the Tanahashi thing, where it's like he comes out, he does his thing. It, it's like it, it, he subverts your expectations, but he does so much stuff that you're so familiar with. Like he's just a genius. I love watching him wrestle. I don't know how much longer he can keep doing this, but like I'm enjoying every single match, I, every great match I get out of him because it's so fun. He's the best. Like <laughs> he really like, is. Like, like we're we're talking about as I mentioned several times on this show, we're talking about one of the greatest wrestlers who ever spout up under God's hot sun. Yeah. Like I this guy's forty five years old. He looks like he can keep doing what he does like 
as long as he wants. And like, you're always going to get top shelf effort. You're going to get like cr- a creative match at all times, no matter who it's against, no matter who's the opponent. The it's cra- it doesn't matter. And the, cra- and the thing about it is like, he wrestles with so much pace and he can still move. I'm, I'm not saying he was ever some great, you know, I'm not saying he was ever Randy Orton or, or Leo Rush in the ring as far as like the smoothness and the, and the quickness. But, he moves so well in the ring. His pacing for his matches are so good. He never sits. He almost never sits in any rest hole. All his all his submissions he ever is in his matches all mean something. It's just it's just this is how you do professional wrestling. This how this is optimized professional wrestling, right? But anyway, like there was a spot in the first part of the match where during the parts of the leg where to try to you know get desperate. Des- uh, Desperado, like some credibility, he can actually stand up to the you know the the, the onslaught from Ishii. He Desperado slaps on a stretch muffler, and Ishii turned it into a a knee bar, and I popped, <laughs> I popped as if it was one of those Ishii like Shibata head busts. I was like, this is it, this is the wrestling I want to see. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I just, I'm always on cloud nine watching that dude work. He's so great. Yeah, and um. Ended up going over to round two. Um, looks like this Hiromu. I, I just want this Hiromu Ishi match. We one step closer. We are one step closer to it. Just uh, it, it has it has to be the block final or the the regional final. That's right. That's right. Okay. So I haven't looked at the bracket uh, yeah. in a while. Um, and Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki. I don't think I've ever seen a singles match. A regular rule singles match that was this good where both workers combined took less than 10 bumps. All they did was forearm the shit out of each other, sell the hell out of it, no sell, sell again, and then they start slapping each other, and they started no selling the slaps, then selling the slaps, and then no selling again, and and then from there they took a couple bumps, they ended up on our outside where, where Minoru Zuki was on the on front end, like and then the ref wasn't letting that man cheat and he was like about to kill that ref, but he let it slide, they ended up back in the ring, and they go back to forearm to shadow each other's uh heads and necks, and then you know, they do like a couple wrestling moves, like they fight over, you know, trying to Nagata trying to not get Gosh power bombed. Uh and then He gives him a back two boys. And then he won off back suplex. It was like this, like it's gonna hurt, it's gonna hurt to go throw at it. But like anybody could have done that match. Has ever wrestled like for if anyone has ever had like ten matches could have had that match. Mm-hmm. Obviously you couldn't because like they have that wealth to be able to sell that way in the fish wrestling and just Suzuki and the callus. Look, the callus that's on your face right, already. And, and, and the toughness of being that old and having that kind of hand strength. But, like, there's nothing that is really stopping you from being able to replicate this match outside of, you know, dealing with the pain of getting forearmed and slapped in the face and the neck. It was almost like, like to a point where I was like, yo, are y'all going to do anything else like besides slap each other or whatever? Like, there was a part of the match where I was like, again, like... <laughs> I like like I like the match. Don't get it wrong, but it, to me, it wasn't this. Like I thought, Ishii and Nagata last year blew the doors off of this. Um, uh, <clears throat> that was better, but that's different because you know Ishii brings the pace in, in the movie. Like yeah, that that's a that's a more traditional wrestling match than this was. This was two old this was a, men beating the a fuck slap out of each fight. Other. 
Yes, it's yeah, two old this, men beating this, the fuck out of each other. This was Hot 97 Smack Fest. Um, <laughs> this was like, like just a lot of smacking. Like and, so, like one of my favorite things doing all this stuff is like when they doing these exchanges of forearms is when Suzuki starts no selling and he's like, "That's all you got." That's all you got, and then he hits one of those shits that like he hits you so hard that it doesn't come off as a thud; it comes off as a crack, and it's like what? Like that dude is a special breed, bro. He's <laughs> a special breed. Yeah. Um, so we've got Nagata and Okada in round two. Looking forward to that. That should be pretty interesting. Um, they've only had one career match against each other, I believe. How long was that? Um, do you think? I think 2015, maybe 2014. Okay. Um, so a long time ago. Uh, is it the only blue life that matters? Yuji Nagata, Blue Justice. <laughs> so let's see how far Blue Justice can can uh can can go here. So, so um, we got the second side of the bracket starting tomorrow, tomorrow with, with right, the super with the super loaded. Uh, loaded block. Saber versus um, Ibushi. Um, there's Shingo versus Sho. Uh, Tanahashi versus Tanahashi versus Taichi and, right. and Sonata versus Taguchi. Right. So there's three matches that are going to be great, almost guaranteed. And then another match where, like, if Taguchi comes up, shows up as a worker, and you already know what they're going to do. And like, um, I saw the project together, or sorry, the um, New Japan Together show that they did, and a lot of it was based on their interaction was. Like Taguchi, a goofball, trying to put Sonata in the Paradise Lock and failing because he's a goofball and he's not a master. You know, you already know what's going to happen. He's going to put him in the fucking Paradise Lock and kick him in the ass. Like, <laughs> you already know what's going to happen. But, like, uh, independent of that, like, if he sh- shows up to wrestle and bring it, like, you know, there's going to be, a fu- at, at the worst, a very good match. Um, interested in the Taichi Tanahashi result. Uh, I think that's, that would tip off a lot if Tanahashi happens to get upset here. I think the bracket bracket opens up for Sonata quite greatly. Um, if you know, then you're looking at Ibushi and um, Saber. I have a question. How was their yeah. match last year? Sonata uh, and, and Tanahashi. Sonata and Tanahashi were in different blocks. I think no, they were not. They were not in the block. I didn't see last year. Yeah, they were both in a block. I didn't see their match. Okay. Um. So they did, I believe, have a match in New Japan Cup though last year. Last year. I don't think I saw that one though. <laughs> um. So you just you just avoid the match. Uh, yeah. So eventually uh, it'll it'll have it'll to I guess have to do it again. It'll find me. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'll call um, Jeremy about that one then. Yeah. And then um the weird the empty bracket. I think that'll be Wednesday morning. So um, I think Goto is the only like real star in that one. Um, okay. But they've got like kind of some kind of odd pairing. So Goto should clear that bracket out barring, you know, oh, evils in that block too. Um, oh yeah. He might get so, the back. Uh, but yeah, so good. New Japan Cup is off to a uh, good start. Uh, but and just because we didn't talk about some of the matches, uh, some of the the young lion versus um like uh like I, I want to say it was Kanemaru versus uh you uh what's his name uh Yuya Uemura uh and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I would definitely recommend that match. Uh, Gabriel Kidd versus 
Um, Taiji Ishimori was also a, a nice, neat little match. Um, Gabriel Kidd has like American Dragon energy. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I like check out some of those like unique matches, and I, I definitely would uh, recommend checking out uh, Yoda Suji. So, um, like, don't don't sleep on those uh, the lesser matches. But um, anything else uh, we got on this? One last thing, Rich. Oh shit! What we got? Stardom had their first show since <gasps> the end of April. So you mean? Yes. You get we get to do it. Yes. Rich. So for the first time in weeks and weeks and weeks. I guess it's time to hit the music. <laughs> Okay, so Sunday, uh, which was Saturday morning or whatever else, they did a show called Stardom Is Again, you know, obviously translation, whatever. Uh, What they did was they had five matches, and none of them were announced. They said they didn't even announce it to the wrestlers, which is bullshit, but whatever. Let's play along. Um, No, Ross, you're trying to work. Right. Uh, So... The main event turned out to be Stars versus Donna Del Mondo. Um, it is Mayu and Tam and Starlight Kid and Lusaya versus um, Julia, Shuri, Micah, and new to the company, Jumbo Arita. She's going by her first name, um, Hamek, Hamika, either Hameka or Hamika. Um, she is somebody that I have heard of but never seen. Um, particularly from Je- Z- our homeboy Zach. Zach really, really likes her uh, as far as a worker. Um, but I had never seen her before. Um, Rich, when you see her, you're going to want her to wrestle a bunch of Hoss matches. Um, so she- was she like 5'5"? Five, five? No. Rich, she's 5'6". Five- at least five seven. She's five seven wow. five eight. Um, Giant. She she has she El has, Gigante. Yeah, she has weight on her. She has weight on her, um, and she uses it. It's almost like she she's she's almost like she's going to be almost like Sterner's Walter. <laughs> Let me wow. explain it. She throws chops. She did a fuck. Okay, you know how people do running power bombs, whatever else, or running lightning yeah. bombs, whatever else. She didn't do a sit out. She basically dove like she like <laughs> almost dove with the power bomb like uh Pete Rose diving to third base while wow. it was f- fucking crazy. Yo, and she's like she's she started wrestling in 2000 the like Christmas Eve 2017 I looked at her cage match today. And like she has racked up a ton of matches over like the last year and change or year and a half. Like, and she's 23. Uh, her contract at Rest Girls um, ran out. So I guess it's like, remember I was saying, like, Donna Domano seems like to be like the freelancer invader faction. There's another one. Um, 
it also makes me wonder, like, what the hell is on these uh, actress girls' uh, <laughs> contracts, or are they just written in paper? Or are there are there not contracts? Is it like NLW with the contracts? Because like everybody, it seems like has somebody that was once in actress girls, or they are freelancing everywhere. Whether it's um, Miyuki Takase and Seedling doing the, the Max Voltage stuff, whether it's uh, Tam's originally from actress girls, actually too. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know. Um, Nasumi Maki, who's at, uh, or was or is at, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, was a former actress girl as well. Um, Sari Ano, who's in Oz Academy and Ozaki Goon, is actress girls right now, too. They just be out there, like, and they be leaving and don't come, in, and they don't come back. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, actress girls, whatever else, but like, they, they, you know, I never watched them, but like, they wrestlers just be leaving. Anyway, um, Sound like the funds ain't right. I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Um, but um, Matt starts out. They have big five eight jumbo out there against Lusaya, and she sold for her, and it went back and forth, and that was fun. And then you get Starlight Kid paired off with Shuri, Shuri. Is kicked her like chest in, dude. She hit her. She gave it a snap mirror and went to go kick her in the back, and it thudded so bad in the background. You could see Mayu and Tam on the apron. Tam winced and looked away, and Mayu ran up the aisle. I <laughs> as a reaction to the kick thudding off her back. She kicked the shit out this eighteen year old. It just reminded me that I have to find a new favorite stardom wrestler. Oh yeah, I mean there there are you know lots. Uh, so eventually, um, they get the heat on Starlight Kid. Obviously, after she destroys her, Mikey gets in destroys her as well. Then um, Tam, she gets out and it leads to Tam versus Julia, and they proceed to just have this excellent sequence of brawling and, and, and counters and strikes and blocking and it's like more just like Tam is good in, in tags with everybody uh, so that was fun as hell they have they go to a stalemate with it it probably probably went like three probably like four minutes of just action it was like the it was like the the, the Osprey Abushi from <laughs> of, of, of Joshi where they just like just doing all this great sequence in the shit um they that's a stalemate. They uh then you know they end up with Jumbo in um at the end of it after all the stuff ends up with Jumbo and Saya back in the ring. Saya puts on her you know hits her her flash cover the Itabashi. She uh she does her you know um she does her chop stuff that she does. She also now is added to the chop thing where she used to do like the kibashi chops in the corner. She goes for a big chop. Someone ducks it, comes off the ropes, and she hits with a double chop and then beats on her chest like she stings. Uh, she's now added to it. She now comes off the ropes and you know how people like Ishii or Jungle, they'll do like the sliding clothesline. She does a sliding back elbow. A sliding Judas effect wrist. <laughs> so... At the end, they make the save for uh, for Jumbo. Jumbo ends up uh, hitting that f- that ridiculous ass uh, power bomb, and then gets her up and racks her and makes her tap. And that was that was the thing. I probably give it like three and a half, three and three quarters. 
just a fun ass match. I can't wait to see like Jumbo versus Jungle. Well, I know you happy this shit, man. Utami versus like fight on someone small like Tam, fight Mayu. I want her to fight every single good wrestler that's left in this promotion and watch her like and just see what she can bring because like she got a, uh it's like almost like it was almost like watching like WCW Giant for the first time except not green but actually fucking good. It was like wow. can you imagine? It's like I never thought this was gonna be in stardom. This could be like this could be like it, it, she can move too, Rich. Like she can run. Like this might be like some Aja Kong shit for all we know. Really? Yes. Like she's oh, not that violent. To, she's not that guess, violent, but like Oh man. She, uh, uh, you know anyway. me. Maybe, maybe uh, I'm, she, I'm here for the violence. Maybe she is that violent in a big match. I don't know. Like, um but like yeah, you mind. She's only been wrestling a couple years. Like she, she was getting like spotlight matches on like ceiling cards and like had like matches with like um, Sukasa Fujimoto, who is um, an elite level Joshi and not necessarily the ace of Ice Ribbon, but is like the the old ace, if you will. So they respect her, even though she only debuted, you know, a few years ago. Like she's getting some big matches. So I looking at that. Um, no, no streamers because of COVID. Oh yeah, that's right. That's no right. streamers because of COVID. But this yeah. is the only way B Priestley can compete over there. <laughs> you know, who knows when she shows up? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only matches up yet. Uh, you know, rest of the matches oh, okay. or whatever else. I'll uh, I'll let you know. Like, but yeah, that was the only match I had to watch because I just had to. But uh, they did a ten bell salute for Hannah. Um, Jungle. Jungle came out and said that like uh, I'm not ready to wrestle yet, but I'm definitely coming back. Um, yeah, so that that's pretty much the gist of it so far that we have out. But I don't know. I don't know what the rest of the card is. I'm you know I've blocked all that shit out. Been away from my phone trying to hide so I can. Wow, watch looking yeah. for you. Where you at? <laughs> yeah, man. So I mean, that's kind of uh, about where things are right now. But. Um, you know, I think last week uh, I was joking with you when we were talking about the Manscaped stuff, and you know, I had mentioned about uh, you know, I guess you, you were giving you, you were giving Catherine Bush. So, like, how is that? How is that story going for you? So, so in, let's let's make a small correction here. I was not giving Catherine Bush. Um, you know, this is no George W. This is no no, no type of Bush uh, no going on in here. No Reggie. No <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. It, it, no Jenna Bush. No Barbara Bush. None of that. So, um, you know, that's why you know Manscape. You know. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get your manscaped on. You gotta, you know. I got the manscaped trimmer next to me. I keep it near me at all times, just in case. You know, I I feel the urge. You lying? Like, you know, I, I keep it right next to the microphone. Listen to this, to this y'all. That shit is powerful, powerful blades. You know, and, and they they took eighteen months to get that right to create the greatest ball trimmer ever created. This is the this is called the uh, lawnmower three um, they're a third generation trimmer. It features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce your manscaping accidents and millions and millions, like The Rock said, uh, of balls are about to be nick free uh, thanks to the Manscaped advanced skin safe technology. So when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. You will get 90 minutes out of this, James. So you can go and, and make a full project uh, of, you know, of <laughs> grooming oneself uh, in, in the shower there. And they Good send to you. know. <laughs> They send you something that looks like a newspaper, right? Because I, when I opened the package, I was like, what the hell is this? And then the newspaper is meant to be put on the floor. 
So you can, you know, if you're doing the dry spread style, them. yeah, spread them. Like, and, you know, it can, you put the newspaper down and it's easily cleanable and, you know, uh, you can do it. You know, if, if you're more of the, the wet persuasion, uh, it is water resistant. I'll, get, I'll let you get to your piece. Make sure you wash your ass for you shave this, shave yourself, please. Correct. Correct. Um, and it comes with a charger stand. So you're and it's powered by USB. So this is like next level stuff. This isn't the 1.0. This isn't the 2.0. This is the 3.0. God damn it. Like, yeah. So, um, make sure that, um, you like, uh, you're, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping with the code suplex at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code suplex. Your balls will thank you. And, so will the lady in your, in your life. Yeah, and, and just for the record, like, uh, me and Rich, we do this podcast. We do this podcast while we have a video, do a video call. We have each other's video up so we can see each other's facial expression. Just for the record, that vibration was legitimately a shaver. That was not no other, that was not no toy or nothing, no, no, fun, <laughs> no funny shit or none of that. Just, that was actually a toy. That wasn't a rubble pack on the N64 or none of that shit. That was an actual shaver. That was, that, that that was, was not the cell the phone. That, no, that was not right. cell phone. That was like, you know, power, you know, that in one's the, hand. That was not the Hitachi. Yes. Yeah, no, no one man should have all this power, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's it in the show. This 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 is a real this is a real hey, doozy help your boys out, you know, because uh, like you know we 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 said it a long time ago. We can't wait to sell out, and we can't sell out without y'all. Yeah. Um. So just to wrap this up, um, rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Thanks for listening. Um. Be sure to check out our friends at PowerSlam.tv, the spon- one of the sponsors for the show. If you're a fan of anime pro wrestling, over five thousand hours of footage from all over the world. Just enter the code Social Suplex and get your free month's trial. Um, be sure to rec- check out the rest of the shows on the network. On Sundays or Mondays, we have this show, One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast, who are back off of hiatus. So be sure to check back. that out. Welcome um, back, guys. I'm telling you. Um, Every other week we have Roman Wash's shit. On Fridays we have Get in the Ring. And on Saturdays we have All Things Elite. Um, so thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Don't forget it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.